0: Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Lahulhamdul Hassan, Watana uljamin Wa Shahwa ilahla wahdahula sharikala, wa shedwa Naseidina wanabiana Muhammad, Sallallahu Ali wa ala alihi wa ashabi, Watabi Allahumbi Hsani Ilayomid Din a Mabad. InshaAllahu ta'ala We did Kitabu Tahara yesterday from the Kitab at Dural al Bahia. InshaAllah today we're going to start Kitabu Asalah. The author, Rahimullah, he, he starts by saying, Kitabu Salah, the chapter of the prayer. What does Salah mean in the Arabic language? As Salah, lughatan, it means a dua. The word Salah, in the Arabic language, it means a dua. And the evidence for that is, Qawluhu Ta'ala, wa salli alayhim inna salataka zakanullahum. Allah says in this ayah, wa salli alayhim. وَصَلِّ alayhim means اُدْعُ Make dua for them. So وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ It means اُدْعُ uh, Make dua for them. It means to make it is to make dua uh, for them. And the other evidence for it being dua in the Arabic language is the hadith Al Imam Muslim narrated in his Sahih bin Hadith Abi Hurairah, where he said, If one of you is called, obey the person who's calling you. That's if, of course, you're not fasting. But if you're fasting, make dua for the people who made you the food we all together? then the word salah based on the ayah and based on the hadith is what? It shows that it means a uh, dua. What does it mean in the sharia? In the sharia it means a ta'abbudu Lillahi It is to worship Allah wa ta'ala bi It is to worship Allah ta'ala with actions and speech which are specific بالتكبير, it starts with the takbir and bit taslimi and you finish it with assalamu alaykum that's what salah is it's an ibadah in it is speech and action it's specific type of speech and of course it's specific type of action It starts with Allahu Akbar and it finishes with um, Assalamu Alaikum. It starts with Allahu Akbar and it finishes with uh, Assalamu Alaikum. Al Imam Al rahimahullah he wants to mention why the Sharia took this term. Why did the Sharia take the term as-salah when it meant in the language Ad-Dua. Why did it adopt it? Why did it take it? So he said in his kitab al majmu which is the shari'ah uh, of the Muhaddab of, of Ishaq al-Shirazi, Nawawi said, as-salah fil-lughah as dua was-sumiyat as-salah He said, first of all, the salah in the language is ad-dua. was-sumiyat as-salah the salah was called salah the reason why it was called salah in the sharia was because عليه, because it consists of du'a is in it you'll make a du'a inside the salah so he's saying to you the reason why the word salah is used in the sharia is because it has so much du'a that you do in different places Are we all together in you know in the qiyam that you're praying it's a form of du'a the ruku' you're doing du'a the sujood you're making du'a in the tashahud you're making du'a we've now defined what salah means is the salah important and what is its virtues the importance and the virtue of the salah awalan number one الصلاة أهم أركان الإسلام بعد الشهادتين after the shahaadتين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله الصلاة is the most important thing and the evidence for that is ما رواه البخاري ومسلم that which الإمام البخاري and مسلم both narrated من حديث عبد الله بن عباس لما بعث, الله, بعث النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم معاذ بن جبل إلى اليمن when the Prophet s.a.w. has sent Mu'adi ibn Jabal to Yemen Qala lahu the Prophet said to him Innaka taqdumu ala qawmin min ahli alkitab Mu'adi are going to come to a people of the scripture Falyakun awwalama tad'uuhum ila an yu wahidu Let the first thing you call them to be To worship Allah alone ذلك, If they know that And they recognize that And they accept it Fa Tell them Annalaha faradu alayhim khamsa salawatin fi yomihim walaylihim then tell her, tell them that Allah wa ta'ala has prescribed upon them, He has made it obligatory on them خمسة صلوات في يومهم in their day, وليلتهم and in their night. So right after the shahadah, what was it? Tell them about the salah. Second, second thing that shows the importance and the virtue of the salah is. Allah Tabarqa wa ta'ala commanded us. We were commanded to save God and to protect our prayer in all situations. whether you are traveling or you're a resident, whether you are Safe, or even if you're in a fight, whether you're healthy or even sick, you always have to pray the salah. Allah said in the Quran: "حافظوا على الصلاة والصلاة الوسطى وقوموا لله قانتين. فإن خفتم فرجالا أو ركبانا. فإذا الله كما علمكم ما لم تكونوا تعلمون." حافظوا, safeguard and protect the prayer and also the middle prayer. So we were instructed and commanded to protect the Salah. Imran ibn Husaynin, radiallahu ta'ala, anu, can it be Imran ibn Husaynin, he said, can it be Bawasirun for Sa'al to Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anis salah? I had an illness known as Bawasir. فسألت, I asked the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anis salati the issue regarding the prayer. He said to me, Salli pray standing up. And if you're unable to stand up, then sit down and pray sitting. And if you're unable to sit down, then pray on the side. And then this shows us to protect the salah and how important it is that we need to protect the prayer and take care of our salah the third thing when it comes to the salah to show its importance and its virtue is the salah is the final advice that the messenger gave to his ummah Ali ibn Abi Talibin radiallahu ta'ala he said كان آخر كلام النبي sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the final speech and the final statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was الصلاة وما ملكة صلاة and that which your right hand possesses Ali ibn Abi Talibin is saying this it was the final speech of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Number 4 The Salah is the legislation of the Prophets and the Messengers so it's not unique for only us it's something Allah wa ta'ala, He obliged it upon the previous Prophets and the previous Messengers Allah mentions and this is after Allah mentioned what? al مِنَ wal-mursalin, A large quantity of prophets and messengers. Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala, He said, وَأُوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ فِعْلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِيْتَاءَ الزَّكَاءِ Allah says, we commanded them and we sent a revelation onto them. وَأُوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ فِعْلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ Allah says, we sent a revelation onto them to do good. salati and to establish the prayer. الزكاتي, and also to give the zakat. We commanded the prophets. So Salah was commanded to the previous prophets and the messengers. Number five. Salah is the pillar of our religion and without it our religion will not stand. Mu'ad ibn Jabalin رضي الله تعالى عنه, said قال, قال the pillar of Islam is the salah. And if one of these pillars now they collapse the construction and the building that we're in right now will also collapse. Number six The salah prohibits you from evil and wrong. Allah wa Ta'ala he said in the Quran, Inna Salata, verily the prayer, tenha anil fahshahi wal munkar. It prevents the person from evil and wrongdoing. Number seven, As Salatu kafaratun li dhunubi wal khataya. The Salah is an expiation for our sins and our shortcomings. أبو هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه he said, سمعت آيهاد رسول الله رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول سين أرأيتم لو أن نهرا بباب أحدكم يغتسل منه كل, كل يوم خمس مرات هل يبقى من درنه شيء قالوا لا يبقى من درنه شيء قال فذلك الصلوات الخمس يمحو الله بهن الخطايا أبو هريرة he said the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said have you not seen or what is the situation of a person if he had a river in front of his door? Every day, he, five times a day, he goes and he goes into that river and he cleans himself. Five times a day. Is there any filth or dirt that's going to be on him? The Sahabas, they said, Of course, there's no dirt going to be on him. Five times a day, he washes himself. Then the Prophet said The five daily prayers are like that. اللَّهُ بِهِنَّ Through the prayer, Allah expiates for the creation their mistakes and their shortcomings. So the salah is an expiation for our shortcomings and our mistakes. Number eight. كَثَرَةُ Increasing in your prayer it is a means for you to be accompanied with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Jannah. Rabi'at ibn Ka'ab ibn al-Aslami رضي الله تعالى عنه. He said كنت أبيت مع الله الله I used to stay with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I lived with him for a period of time. to فأتيته بوضوئه I brought him wudu. وحاجتي and whatever he needed I brought it for him Sallallahu wa Wasallamu Alaihi Then the messenger sensed from the face of this noble companion, Rabi'at ibn Ka'ab bin al-Islami, the messenger sensed that he wanted something. So the Prophet said to him, Ask. Faqultu said, As'aluka, I ask you, Murafaqataka fil Jannah. I ask to be with you in Jannah. The messenger then said to him, Awa gayra dalika, is there anything else you can ask me other than that? He said, Qultu, huwa ya Rasulullah. There it is. That's all I want from you. The Messenger said, fa'a'inni ala sujoodi, ama fa'a'inni ala Then help me and aid me in increasing in your prostration and in your sujood in order to attain that. You increase in prostrating and doing many sujoods in order to get what you're asking for. There are many evidences that have come, my beloved brothers and sisters warning against abandoning and leaving the salah or even being laxidaisical when it comes to the affairs of the salah Allah says those people who will be asked the day of judgment on why they didn't enter Jannah and how they ended up in the hellfire those people it will be said to them Ma salakakum fi saqar, what brought you to Saqarah why are you here in Saqarah it's not a place to want to be we never used to pray. That's the first thing they say. We never prayed. That's the first sin that they mention. Also the statement of Allah. After them came a generation, a group of people. أَضَاعُوا They forsake the prayer and they follow their desires they're definitely gonna be thrown into a river in the hellfire. Ibn Abbas said, This is a valley in the hellfire. Also, Jabir ibn Abdullah, he said, I heard the Messenger sallallahu wa sallam say, I heard the Messenger, وسلم, say, heard the messenger وسلم, say, between a man and shirk, and kufr. It is abandoning the prayer. Meaning, the thing between you and iman, iman and kufr, between it, or what can take you from iman, and throw you into disbelief, is to leave the prayer. And not praying. Samurata ibn Jund, anhu There was a long famous hadith which it talks about a dream that the Messenger had. And we know that the Prophet's dream is what? It's a wahi, it's a revelation. So this hadith, hadith of of Samarit Ibn Jundumim, you should try to read it. In there, there's a long story of what the Prophet saw. He saw a group of people being punished in different situations. And... Each situation was because of a crime that they committed. From the people was a man, a a man whose head is been hit with a stone. And then the head cracks open, and it bleeds, smashes all over the place. This is a, a devastating scenery. The Prophet ﷺ said, Who's this man? What is the situation? They said, He takes the Quran and he rejects it. And he sleeps away from the prayer. He's a person, he, re- he sees the Quran, the Quran has being recited, it's been read, and he abandons it, and he forsakes it, and he doesn't give it any importance. And he sleeps away from the what? And he goes to sleep from the obligatory prayer. So it's very dangerous. And the state station and the position of the salah is very great in our religion. But that some of the scholars, and a great amount of scholars, are of the opinion that if you leave the prayer, you're not a believer. You fall into the realm of being a disbeliever. Okay? And we all know that Allah doesn't forgive the disbelievers. So who would want to be in a position where they come the day of judgment? and they're not forgiven. And they are, some of the narrations mentioned that the person will be resurre- resurrected with Qarun and Haman and Ubay ibn Khalaf. People like this. Devilish, evil people. No.
1: bismillahir <laughs> rahmanir rahim salat اول وقت اول وقت الظهر الزوال واخره مصير ظل الشيء مثله سوى الزوال وهو اول وقت وقت العصر واخره ما دامت الشمس بيضاء نقيه واول وقت المغرب غروب الشمس واخره ذهاب الشفق الاحمر وهو اول العشاء واخره نصف الليل واول وقت الفجر اذا شق الفجر واخره طلوع الشمس <تصفيق> ومن نام عن صلاه او سهى عنها حين يذكرها ومن كان معذورا وادرك ركعه فقد ادرك والتوقيت واجب والجمع لعذر جائز والمتيم ناقص وناقص الصلاه او الطهاره من غير تاخير واوقات الكراهه بعد الفجر حتى ترتفع الشمس وعند, الز- وعند الزوال وبعد العصر حتى تغرب
0: باب الاذان الله <تصفيق> Here um, he started with the Mawaqeet of the Salah The timing of the Of the prayer Why did he start with The timing of the Salah The reason is because Allah wa ta'ala He said in the Quran Inna salata al That the time Is Prescribed upon the people And it's a The entering of the prayer time It's a condition of its Authentication The five daily prayers If you do not Pray at its time when it enters Your salah is invalid And that's what Allah meant when He said Inna salata kanat al-mu'minina kitaban mawquta and the word موقوت means موقتا بوقت لا يجوز تقديمها ولا تأخيرها As al Imam Al-Allama Muhammad Ibn Salih al said He said that موقوتا means موقتا موقوتا means that it's at a designated time At set time لا يجوز It is not permissible for you to do two things You're not allowed to go before it's timing and you're not also allowed to delay it. So you can't go before the timing and you also can't go be- after it. ذلك, trying to go before the timing Ibn al-Barr and Ibn Taymiyyah, they brought a consensus, both of them. And لَا يَجُوزُ تَقْدِيمُ عَنْ وَقْتِهَا قَبْلَ الْوَقْتِ لَمْ صَلَاتُهُ they said. It is not permissible to pray the salah before its timing and if a person does pray before their timing then it's not going to be accepted you have to repeat that prayer even if you did it by mistake you have to bring it back and you're also not allowed to delay it from its timing you're not allowed to Ibn Tayman said You are not allowed to delay the prayer from its time deliberately unless you have a reason and he brought two ayats to support him the first one I just read it it's the one in Surah Al-Nisa, Ayah 103 And also the other one in Surah Al-Ma'un, Ayah 4 to Ayah 5 And the evidence for um, not being one who delays the prayer Is two hadiths I'm going to mention The first hadith is the hadith Al-Imam Muslim narrated in His Sahih Min hadith Abi Dharrin, radiyallahu ta'ala, on Abhidarrin he said, Rasulullah, the Messenger said to him. The messenger said to him, Sallallahu What are you gonna do if there come leaders who are going to because that time the leaders used to pray and lead the people to salah. The leaders used to lead the people in the salah. The Prophet said to him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "What are you going to do if there comes le- there come leaders who are going to delay the salah so much so from its timing, and they will kill the salah by not praying it at its timing? What are you going to do?" The noble companion Abi Darrin he said, What shall I do, O Messenger of Allah? What do you advise me to do at that time?" The Prophet said, "Salli as-salata pray the salah li at its timing. You pray the salah." At its timing. Don't ever delay the salah for anyone. In another hadith, hadith Abdullah ibn anhu the Messenger sallallahu alayhi he said to him, In umara they were going to be leaders. And they're gonna delay the salah from its timing. So if you see them and they have done that, pray the salah at its timing. And go and pray with them as well. And make your prayer with them a voluntary prayer. In other words, you shouldn't disobey the leader, you go and you pray with him as a sunnah. But you never delay the prayer for anyone. Ibn Barr and Ibn Hazm and Ibn Taymiyyah they brought a consensus that you're not allowed to delay the salah for any situation. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. So that's why the author, Rahimahullah, he started with the Salah. Salah, Salah. And Imam Malik, Imam Malik, in his Muwatta, he started with the Muwaqeetu Salah. Imam Malik. He started with what? The time that the prayer enters. Now we're going to go into the Salah, the five daily prayers, what their time are. The author rahimahullah, he started with salatu ish, salatu al-duhuri. Does anyone here know why he started salatu al-duhuri? Hayyye hey, so, Jazakallahu khairan. Barakallahu feek. The reason is because it was the first prayer that Jibril taught the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So that's why it is the first prayer that the author rahimahullah, he started. All the salah, they have a uh, they, are, they have an awwal waqtin, the the time they first come in and the ending. So the Uthrahim Allah tells us both. What is awwal Waqti salat al dhuhri? When is the first time that the salat al enters? Awwal salat al dhuhri zawal al shamsi. The first time that the salat al enters is when the sun moves from the middle of the sky. Okay. that's the first time and the evidence for that is تعالى الصلاة لدلوك الشمس غسق الليل. and the word لدلوك الشمس it means زوالها على قول طائفة من السلف لدلوك الشمس here is starting with صلاة dhuhri Also the hadith of Yah Sayyid ibn Salama wa abi ala abi al-aslami abi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Hajira ibn he said, I and my father entered onto Abi al And we asked him, how was the Prophet's prayer? I mean what time he used to pray the salatul maktuba and then he said to us kana yusalli al hajira hajira salatul dhuhri he he used to pray salatul hajira salatul dhuhri hina shams again zawal al-shams. he used to pray it when the sun slightly moves from the kubat What what is the ending of Salat al-Zuhri when does Salat al-Zuhri end uh, finish and we say it's akhir wakti Salat al-Zuhri if the shade becomes double, it becomes doubled that's the overwhelming majority of the scholars such as the Malikiyya and the Shafi'iyya and the Hanabin and the Zahiriya and the some of the scholars actually transmit their consensus. Like in not. there's no consensus. And the evidence for that is Hadith Abdillahi ibn Amr ibn Asim. Then the author, Rahimahullah, he mentioned salatu Before I go into that, brothers, I want to mention Salatul Dhuhri. It is recommended to hasten the Salatul Dhuhri, to pray it. It's to pray it when it first comes in, and that's for every single prayer. But if it's very hot, then the sunnah is al ibrad, that you pray when it cools down, based on the hadith of Abi Dharrin radiallahu taala anhu. He said, "Adhan muadhun Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The muadhun of the Prophet sallallahu did adhan min dzuhur." Then the Prophet Sallallahu said to him while he was doing the Adhan he said to him Abrid, Abrid cool down let it cool down let the sun cool down or in some of the narrations he said he said to him Intadir, Intadir wait, wait, wait and then the Messenger said Shiddatul Harri the excessive heat it's what Min Fayhi Jahannam it is from the breathing of Jahannam Shtadda if it becomes very hot for Dhuhr then the Prophet said, Fa'abridu anis salati. Fa'abridu anis salati means let it cool down a little bit. Because the purpose of the salah is that the people have khushu. Also, the hadith of Abu Hurairah, the Messenger of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Now we're going to go into Waqtu Salatul Asri. The time that the Salatul Asri comes in. The first time that the Salatul Asri comes in is Ayakuna Kulli It comes in the time that Dhuhr finishes. When the shade becomes double. Dhuhr finished, and which one came in? Asr came in. This is the opinion held by the overwhelming majority of the scholars and it's also the view of muhammad ibn Hassan shaybani and abu yusuf al qadi abu yusuf rahimahullah and it's the opinion taken and chosen by Ibn hazim rahimahullah ta'ala their evidence is the hadith of anas ibn malik And rasul allah sallallahu the messenger that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa he would pray asr, and the sun is high, حياتun, it's still got life to it, meaning it's not lost the heat that he had, الداهب, the one who wants to go, would go to the outskirts of Medina, and the sun is still hot, and it's still out, What is the time that is chosen for a person to pray Salatul al-Asri? When is it? Or it's allowed for the person to pray Salatul Asri? It is permissible for the person to pray Salatul Asri ila an tasfarra shamsul. And means until the sun loses its heat it's no longer hot and it is not as bright as it was before it's not hayya it's not alive that is the choice that is the time that some of the scholars held that a person should see as to be the last time and others have said no it is until the sun sets like in the Maliki and the Riwaya اح- and Imam Ahmed is Illa Antasfarra Shamsu. Wabi Qala Taifatu Minas Salef. Wakhtar Ibn Hazm. And Ibn Hazm chose that opinion. From the Hanabila Ibn Muflih, Ibn Baz, Ibn Uthaymin. And the fatwa of legend Dāima Da'imah is that it should be pushed towards Illa um, Wakhtin. Isfirar Lakin fatwa of Ibn Baz And the Lajnah Is that This is the cha- time When it's chosen uh, For the person to pray in there's a called A time you can pray But it's a necessity You should only try to pray This time When there's a necessity Okay You shouldn't try to go out of this And that is الشams, When the sun sets Until the sun sets It's the last Just before the sun sets you can pray but they say this is you only go to that time when there's a necessity as for the chosen time it is is when it uh, the sun is not as hot and the sun hasn't set yet the sun is not going down this is the best time to pray the fourth one, how many prayers do we do two right Third prayer is Salatul Maghribi. Awal Salat al maghribi. When is the first time that Salatul Maghribi comes in? If the sun sets. And the setting of that sun is complete. The evidence for that is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. Qala su'ila Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an salati that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked about the timing of the prayer. And he said, Maghribi Ida Agabat is Shamsu. The Salatul Magribi is when the sun sets. Salamat ibn al-akwar in Radiallah ta'ala anhu he said, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kani usalil Magriba the Prophet used to pray Magrib. Ida Garab at his Shamsu. If the sun set, he would pray it salawatullahi wa salamun alay. Ibn al-al-mundir ibn Hazim ibn Abdul Barr al-Kah Saniyyu min al-hanafiyyah, Ibn Qudama min hanabila. And Nawawi, all of them they all unanimously consen- they brought a consensus that Salatul Maghrib only comes in when the sun sets. When is the last time that you can pray Salatul Maghribi? Salatul Maghribi it carries on ila al-shafaq And the shafq here that we're referring to is Al al Humra. The red twilight. That's the last moment. It is until the absence of the twilight. This is the opinion held by the Hanabila and the Zahiriyah, ورواية عن مالك وهو قول الإمام الشافعي في القديم. and Taifa from the Salaf had said that Imam al-Qurtubi chose this opinion. Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn al-Qayyim, al ibn Ibn أفتت اللجنة الدائمة. And they have many evidences. The evidences is the hadith of Abdullah bin Amr al As, and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وسلم said, "Waktu zuri ida zalat al-shamsu, wa kana zillu al-rajul khaturihi, ma lam yahzur al-Asr, wa waqtu al-Asr ma lam tasfar shamsu wa waktu salat al-Maghrib ma lam yab ma lam yaghib al-shafak, ma lam yaghib Twilight. Salat al-Maghrib the person should try to hasten it and pray it at its early time. Walid al-Raafi ibn Khadijah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he said kunna nusalli maghrib we used to pray salat al-Maghrib with Rasulullah with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fayansarif ahaduna one of us would leave the prayer and finish the salah. Wa innahu layabsuru mawaqi'an alayhi a person can see his footprints. And that means that the prophet sana prayed it right? very fast. Are we all together brothers? So the sun set. It set. Are we all together brothers? But it was still able for the person to see things. It wasn't dark, pitch dark. So this shows us that we should try to hasten the Salatul Maghribi. Also Salamat ibn al-Aqwa'in, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, alayhi wa sallam kan bil-hijabi. So we have to hasten the Salatul Maghribi and pray it as quickly and as possible. And Ibn al-Mundhir ibn Abd al ibn qudama and Qurtubi and nawawi they said that this is the best time. They said this is the best time. Now we're going to go into the last and final prayer, which is Salat al-Isha. Salatul al-Isha. No second last story. Jazakallah Salat al-Isha. Salat al-Isha. It enters. يدخل Salat al-Isha comes in when Maghrib finishes, which is. The absence of the twilight. Ibn Mundir and Hazm and Nawi and Ibn Abdul baran and Shaukani, they brought a consensus that there's no difference of opinion in that. Okay. Here, there's twilight that is being referred to here is called the shafaq Al-Ahmar. Okay. And this is the opinion pushed by Madahibul Al-Fuqaha. The overwhelming majority of the Jumhur Al-Fuqaha. This is what they said. From the Maliki and the Shafi'i and the Hanabil and the Zahiriya. And the evidence for this is صَلَاتِ الْمَغْرِبِ إِذَا So this hadith shows us that the Salat al-Maghribi when it finishes is when Isha enters. Are we all together? Is when Isha enters. And Isha carries on until when? Based on that hadith إلى نصف Up till what? Half of the night. And how do we calculate what is half of the night? We look at it from the الشمسي, which is Maghrib until Fajr. And half of that Nisfil Nusfil-Layl. After that, you shouldn't pray Isha. Then, this hadith is what the view that some scholars took to say that Salatul Isha is not up to Fajr. And that it's what? Ila Nusfil-Layl. Now we're going to go into the the last time that you can pray Isha. there are two views by the way the first view is the one I just mentioned to you right now which is uh, up till half of the night and this view is the view that's taken by a riwayah on Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal so, the Fatwa 11 Da'imah is that, <coughs> and the evidence that they use is the one I just gave before. The Qawlu Thani, the second view is, um, Salatul Isha, it's possible for us to pray, pray until Fajr. You can pray it. And this is the Qawla that the Imam Shafi'i said in his Jadeed. And it's the view taken by Ibn Hazm al bahiri Abu Sa'id, from the Ibn Uthaymin, and Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah. They said that. And the evidence is قَالُوا تَعَالَى أَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ لِدُلُوكِ الشَّمْسِ إلَى غَسَقِ اللَّيْلِ وَقُرْآنِ الْفَجْرِ. So they said, "إلى غسق الليل is the time Fajr comes in, which is the last part of it, and وقرآن الفجر إن قرآن الفجر كان مشهودا." Now we're gonna go into the last and final prayer which is Salatul Fajri. Salatul Fajr Salatul Subhi Amma Salatul Fajri. It is again two times a time when it enters and a time when it leaves. Salatul Fajri it starts ifa tala al Fajr Salatul al-Fajr starts when the second dawn comes in. Remember what's it called? Al-Fajr al-Thani, which is referred to Al-Fajr al-Sadiq. The, uh, the true Fajr when it enters. That's when the time that Salat al-Subhi enters. And it finishes when the sun rises. when the sun rises. وَهُوَ قَوْلُ ulama وَالْخَلَفِ وَاخْتَارَ وَابْنُ بَازِ وَابْنُ and the evidence that they used at the last time of it is is the hadith of Abu Hurairah that the messenger has said Man anyone who catches with salat as before the sun rises so that's how it's the time it finishes. He has caught Salatu Subh. So that's the time it enters. When is the best time to pray Salatu Al Fajri? It is recommended and it's beloved that the person prays it. It's best when it first comes in. And it is what the scholars call. They took the opinion that it is when it's the غلس. The ghalas, what does it mean? The ghallas in al Arab ibn he says it means الليل, when the darkness of the night hasn't still been left still a bit of the darkness of last night, still in to pray at that time. But it's still daytime and still, so it's brightness of it. That's what they said. We'll carry on the other portion of it, which is uh, the adhan, illahi, after the salah. The author, rahimullah, he then said, And if a person, he sleeps, from a prayer or he forgets it the time that he has to pray it is when he remembers it or when he wakes up and Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim both narrated in hadith Anas ibn al that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa he said man sa- man an salatin. anyone who sleeps from a prayer or oh, oh, he forgets it Ama pray it whenever you remember it so the scholars they say the obligation of praying for the one who has forgotten or the one who has slept the obligation starts the minute they remember or the minute that they wake up. So even if they remember a day later that's when Dhuhr came in for them. And the reason why he's mentioned this in the issue of waktu Salah is that the time of the prayer can change for whether the person forgot. Someone remembered they didn't pray Dhuhr at Isha time. Their Dhuhr time Is now. It's this minute. Are we all together? Or one slept for a whole day. There are some people who love to sleep for a day. So he slept for the whole day. And then he woke up. Every salah he missed, their timing has started now. So he prays one after the other. Are we all together? So the awqatul salah for the one who forgot or the one who slept is different to the time for the one who remembers. And is conscious and is not slept, ah. even if it's that a week later. If he wakes up, he has to pray when he when he wakes up. Are we all together? Lakin some of the scholars they say when is the distinguishing factor between the one who is the individual who is um, majnun for instance and the one who slept for too long this is where the like the one who is in coma and he wakes up you have to bring back all those prayers there's a discussion amongst the fuqaha regarding that we won't go into that وَمَنْ كَانَ مَعْذُورًا وَأَدْرَكَ مِنْ صَلَاتِ رَكْعَةً فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَهَا وَمَنْ كَانَ مَعْذُورًا someone was excused Wa وَأَدْرَكَ مِنَ salati, he reached the prayer رَكْعَةً أي رَكْعَةً فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَهَا he's reached that prayer. So you came late for the salah for whatever you had you came and you caught the last rak'ah don't worry you caught the prayer the author says the timing of the prayer is obligatory rather it's not just wajib it's a al-salah for the salah to be sahih it is it's obligatory that you watch the timing it comes in and it's mockery and it stays out of the religion if you start changing the timing you are allowed to combine between two prayers in one timing when there's a shari reason so you're allowed to pray duhr and asir together and you can pray salatul duhr and asir at the time of duhr and that's called jam'u taqdeem you brought Asr close back. You brought it forward. Or you can pray Dhuhr and Asr at the time of Asr, and this is called Jam'u Ta'hir. It's permissible for you. The combining can only between be, can be between only Dhuhr and Asr and Maghrib and Isha. And that's the one that the Fuqaha call Al Jam'u al Haqiqi. Al-jam'u al There's another jama' that some of the scholars mention which is called al-jam'u suri al suri means it looks like it's jama A suratu al-jama'a. It's the way it's made to look is like it's still combining has been done. وَلَكِنْ حَقِيقَةُ لَيْسَ بِجَمْعٍ And in reality, this is not a jama And the example for that is ama, what that is is you delay salatul al to the like it's last time where Dhuhr is which then is the time Asr comes in and you pray both of them at the same at that time or you do the same with Maghrib and Isha and this is something that the uh, Ahanaf mentioned they mentioned this time that's not called Jama' 'ah. and you can't take those Ahadiths that have come regarding the Jama' 'ah of the Salah and combining the Salah as to be that form the jama' can be, brothers, the jama' is permissible when there are Islamic reasons, such as a safar when you're a traveler, wal-marad, or you're sick, wal and when there is rain. And any other excuses that are like that. And the evidence for this is the hadith of Ibn Abbas, رضي الله he said, Salah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-duhra wal-asr, al-wal-asr, jami'an. The messenger prayed, al-duhur wal-asr. He prayed, duhur and asr, jami'an bil-medina together. khawfin safarin. There was no fear and there was no traveling. And Ibn Abbas then explained why the Prophet did it. He said, Aradha Allah yuhari jahadan min ummati. He didn't want to make a burden onto his ummah. So there's a difference between brothers, Al Jam'u wa Al Jam'u wa Al Qasru. People mix the two together. Al Jam'u, which is to combine the prayers, and Al Qasru, which is to shorten the prayer. The two different things. We're not talking about Al Qasru. What we're talking about here is what? Al Jam'u, which is combining the prayers. Another riwayah in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet, وسلم, he combined between Door and Asr, Maghrib and Isha in Medina, في غير خوف و there was no rain, there was no traveling, there was no fear, nothing. And this hadith, some of the scholars, they saw this hadith to be very, very strange. There was no reason. And the messenger did it, alayhi salatu Ibn Rajab al in his ilal, al-Tirmidhi, Ibn Rajab, he explained it, right? The ilal al Ibn Rajab explained it. And Ibn Rajab added this hadith to be these hadith which are mu'allah, معلّ. ma'lul, even if, even though is this is a Muslim. Are we all together? And Shaykhuna Shaykh Salah al he said his hadith is mushtabi. Hadith is Hadith. Are we all together brothers? والمتيم والمتي والمتي والمتيم والمتيم sorry. Is that what he says for you guys? There's something, something else to me for me. وناقص الصلاة أو الطهارة يصلون كغيره من غير تأخير. What says for you, wal mutayamimu, right? وَالْمُتَيَمِّمُ وَنَاقِصُ الصَّلَاةِ يُصَلُّونَ كَغَيْرِهِمْ مِنْ غَيْرِ تَأْخِيرٍ The one who is in a state of tayammum, the individual who is in a state of tayammum. وَنَاقِصُ الصَّلَاةِ Or the person who, whose prayer or purity is incomplete, that individual يُصَلُونَ كَغَيْرِهِمْ They pray like everybody else min ghayri without any delay what does the author رحمه الله, here means the people who have no wudu and they did it through تَيَمْمُم fi waqtiha they pray the salah at its timing because they don't have a specific time that the other people have there is a unique one for them it doesn't exist They pray like everybody else. The one who's in a state of tayammum. Some of the fuqa, they say that the tayammum one, he has to pray at this time because of, he has to be, water can randomly come from somewhere and etc. cetera. Shaykh say, la. He prays with the, the timing that everybody else prays. The author goes into something that the scholars refer to as أوقات النهي, the times of prohibitions. There are times when we're not allowed to pray. They're called أوقات النهي أوقات The Messenger وسلم, there are times in which he prohibited praying, such as al after Salatul al until the sun rises and after Salatul Asri until the sun sets and at the time of the Zenith those three times we're not allowed to what? we're not allowed to pray and three times that we're not allowed to pray he said three hours three times. The Prophet prohibited us from praying and he also prohibited us from burying our our dead. The first is The first one is the fajr until the sun sets and the second one is the time of the zenith and after Salatul Asri until the sun sets those are the three times that you're not allowed to pray these three times are every single Salat not allowed? write this down the Salawat are divided into two Salah which are called Dawatul Asbab they have reasons. Salah that have reason. You can pray those salah anytime and any place. Salawat which are Dawatul the Asbab. They have reasons. You can pray those salah anytime, no problem. Like tahiyatul Masjid has a reason. Tahiyatul Masjid is reason is because of the entering of the masjid and greeting of the masjid as a reason. The salah that has a reason you can pray whenever time you want. Also salah that you do after the tawaf. It has a reason. time you can pray it. Then the salawat that are zawatul asbab. It has a sabab. A reason. You pray them whatever. The salawat that have no reason. Meaning I today want to just pray. I just want to pray. Just want to pray. I want to, I want to do voluntary salah, And I just want to pray a lot. That one is not allowed at these times. Because they have no reason. It's just unrestricted voluntary prayer at these times are not allowed. Are we all together? That's what the Prophet ﷺ prohibited them from. Alayhi <laughs> salatu of The author, he said an exception. Also, in Mecca, salah is allowed anytime. Anyways. Because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said, Ya Abdi Banaf. Ya Bani Abdi Manaf, the Prophet said, all the people of Bani Abdi, Abdi Manaf, man waliya minkum, one of you who controls and has power over Makkah. Okay? Fala anna ahadan. He should not prevent anyone, tawafa bihadal bayti, that has done tawaf around this house, wa salla and he prays whatever time he wants, sha'a min laylin o Nahari whenever he wants, day or night, don't refuse it from them. If you guys take over Bani Abdi Manaf, anyone who wants to pray, wants to do tawafar on the Kaaba, anytime they want, don't stop them from it. In Then There is no such a thing as salah that's prevented. لَا دَوَاتُ الْأَسْبَابِ Even with those who have asbab. Any salah you can just pray. mutlaqan Because of that istithna. Does that make sense? La specific to Makkah, the Nusus is only Makkah. As for Jum'ah, it's, it's another day. Even Jum'ah, the author, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he pointed that out. Jum'ah, based on the hadith of Salman, there's not a man who sh- cleans himself on Jum'ah. And he prays cleanses himself, and then he plays duhun on himself, perfume, and goes out to Jumaah. and then he comes out And he doesn't divide between two people. He doesn't cause mischief between the people. Yusalli, and then he prays له, that which has been written for him. Th and then he's quiet until the imam speaks. Um, when the Imam speaks he's silent he doesn't say anything that person is forgiven for the Jum'ah to come so what did that person do they came Fajr they prayed um, they even came before Fajr because remember Dhuhr is before Fajr and the prohibition was what Zawal right Zawal is Dhuhr time Are we all together the Jum'ah is before Dhuhr okay which we're going <laughs> to mention soon inshallah. What's going to happen, brothers? This person has ended up praying at the times which are awqatul nahi. But he's entered the masjid and he's, get, and he's allowed to just pray as he wants. Jum'a, you can stand up, pray too, and go back. Again, stand up, pray too, go. Keep praying and praying until the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's what the hadith means. And he prays that which has been written for him. And then he's praying at the times which are awqatul nahi. No problem, because it's Jum'ah.
1: There's an exception here. Now, Babu Adan, Israel, Ali Kuli Badinay, Takidum, the Lil Al The
0: author Allah, now goes into Al adhan Write this down. What is Al Al-Adhan? Al-Adhan in the Arabic language, it means Al-I'lam. It is to announce and proclaim. And then the word Adhan in the Arabic language is to proclaim. Istilahan technically, the word Adhan means at taabbudu lillahi, it is to worship Allah. With a specific types of dhikr. Ba'da salati After the salah has entered Lil-I'lami biha." To allow the people to know that it's coming. That is what it means in the Sharia. Adhan. The reason why it's being done. First of all, number one. It is um, Ibadah. That's number one. Point number one. This is a form of Ibadah. Number one. Number two. It is Adhkar which are makhsusah. There is a specific type of dhikr that you have to say. You can't say whatever you want. You can't say subhanallah in the air. Are we all together? You can't, that's, that's not the dhikr that was told for you to say. Are you with me? Ama Ali you can't say that because that's not the dhikr that was sent to you. You can't add whatever you want or deduct whatever you want from it. It's the adhkar which are makhsoosah. That's two. Number three, ba'da After the salah, time has entered. And number four, it is so the people know about it. You're trying to let the people know about it. You're notifying the people. You're proclaiming it to the people. You're announcing it to the people. Those are the four that the definition of al-adhan is. Let me talk about some of the virtues of al-adhan. And also, even speak about the issue of which one is more virtuous: the mu'adhin or the imam. Which one is more virtuous? Al Which one is more virtuous? The Adhan or the Imam? First of all, let me talk about some of the virtues that have come regarding the Adhan. Number one, it is recommended to hasten to the Adhan and and, and, and hasten to it and and want to push yourself forward. Adhan is something You push yourself forward It's not something you say Oh I don't want it to do it." I'm going to be humble Adhan you, you go forward and You push yourself forward It's a sunnah and This is based on the hadith Of Abu Hurairah That the messenger said الناس, If the people were to know الأولي, That which is in the Adhan and the first line, if the people were to know it, ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُونَ And there was no other way to resolve this conflict between the people. If the people were to know that which is in the al awwal and the Adhan, and they were fighting over it, and there was no other way to bring them together, then the Sharia has set a Qur'a to be thrown for them. A lot. Who's going to go? Stop. Okay, wait, wait. The people, if they were to know the virtue in this, wallahi, they would have fought on it. And they would have fighted over it. And nowadays you find people say, come, come, take take my place in the first line. They're giving the first line out to people. You never give it out. Don't ever give anyone the front line if you come before them. And if someone gives it to you, take it. Take it. Don't even tell him. Why are you giving it to me teach him a lesson later but take it after you finish the salon you prayed and you took your ajr. look at him and say why did you do that because of the virtue that is in it that's number two al-shaytan min al adhan shaytan runs away when the adhan happens based on the hadith of abu huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu قال, قال الله الله وسلم, when the Adhan goes off, Shaytan hears it. He turns away from the Adhan. He runs away from it. ترا... Some of the say Yeah, he's passing wind. So he doesn't want to hear the Adhan. That's what shaitan does. He doesn't want to hear the Adhan. The third one is al-muadinu The person who does the Adhan is going to have the longest neck the day of judgment. Mu'awiyah radiallahu ta'ala he said I heard the Prophet The say The one that does Adhan has the longest neck the day of judgment. And long neck is a sign of beauty. That's what it means. Also there's another hadith المؤذن يغفر له مدى صوته ويصدقه كل رطب ويابس سمع صوته. The muadzin, it will be forgiven for as far as his sound reaches. Okay, and every single thing, whether it be dry, whether it be wet, that hears his voice from the creations of Allah will intercede for him and ask forgiveness for him. And they will be witnesses for him the Day of Judgment. Based on the Hadith of Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه Imam narrated it. Even the humans that are hearing him are going to testify for him. The Day of Judgment. Which one is more virtuous, brothers? The Adhan or the Imamah? The one who leads the Salah and reads the Quran and is the Imam or the one who does the Adhan? which one is better al al the adhan is better than the imam it is the madhhab of the shafi'iyyah it's the imam shafii the evidence for that is The ayah is the دليل for it is greater than the person who calls to Allah. The Mu'adhun is calling the people to who? Allah. The question here is a rhetorical question, meaning there is no one better than him. Are we all together? And this is called istifham, which is lil inkari when nafi. Istifham and inkari. Allah is saying there is no one better than him. Okay? Um, and all of these ahadiths that have come for the adhan. Nothing like it has come for the imama Are we all together? It hasn't. What is the wisdom of the Adhan? What's the wisdom for it? Five wisdoms, inshallah, we're going to mention. It is to bring about and make apparent the symbols of Al Islam. Tawheed and La ilaha illallah on the earth. Number two is al salah It is to Proclaim The entering of the salah Number three is Al-I'lamu salah To know where the salah has been prayed How many times have you not known where the masjid is But you just want, you go quiet You open your window for the car And you listen Yeah the adhan is coming from that direction The masjid is there and you turn that direction. You see? Number four is Addu'a jama'a. It is calling the people to congregation. And number five is ul-Islam. Is to say to the people that this country and this land is the land of the believers. That Islam is this place here is Daru Islam. Well, the Prophet he wouldn't wage war on a land or a country. He wouldn't, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, wage war on a land or a people unless he heard. He would wait and listen to their the, the, that day if there's adhan, and if it was, it was a land of Islam. Question, brothers, is what's the ruling of the adhan? And what is the ruling of the salah without an adhan? Brothers, adhan is an fardun kifaya. Adhan, it's a communal obligation. It's a communal obligation. The obligations are two types. There is a fardu fardu kifaya. Fardu ayn is an individual obligation. And fardu kifaya is a what? It's a communal obligation. Not everybody has to do it. وهذا مذهب الحنابلة وقول عند المالكية وهو بعض, بعض الشافعية. وقال داود وهو قول محمد بن الحنفية the son of Dawood al ibn the ibn of داود الظاهري ابن عبد البر ابن Ibn أن الوليد الباجي أن ابن بازل some of the scholars have transmitted Ijma'a, that is Fardu Kifaya. And those people who transmitted ijmah is Ibn hajar and Fathul Bari. And also Ibn Abd al-Bar in his Kitab al Tithkar. Like in there is no ijmah. there is a khilaf. The evidence that they use is وَإِذَا حَذَرَتِ الصَّلَاةُ فَلْيُؤَذِّن ahadukum أَحَدُكُمْ وَلْيَأُمَّكُمْ أَكْبَرُكُ Hadith Malik ibn al-Huayrith The Messenger وسلم, said الصلاة, If the salah comes in أحدكم, Let one of you do the adhan for the people أكبركم, Let the senior one amongst you lead the people So this is a command from the Messenger ﷺ And we took in Usulul- al-fiqh That the command that comes from the Qur'an or the sunnah It shows what? Wujub, obligation but the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa He only commanded one man Malik ibn al he was going to his people And the Messenger sallallahu said Only one man do the adhan for you And there were a large number of them So he only told one man to do it for that whole area Showing that it's only fard kifaya The others don't have to do it because of This one individual who's doing it for them And um, what about the salah which has no adhan? If the salah hasn't been adhan hasn't been done for the salah, what is the issue? the salah wala iqama. The Salah is sahih without adhan or any iqama. And this brothers, there's no difference of opinion. Wada bitifaq bil The four madhabs agree upon that. There is no difference of opinion in that according to the four madhabs. And there are many aqwal and statements that have come regarding that. What about if a land of Muslims choose not to do adhan? We're not going to do it. And that whole land, they don't do adhan and they refuse to do the adhan. What is the hukum shar'i in that issue? The fuqwa Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiya, rahimahullah ta'ala, and also al-Shaykh al-Allama uh, ibn Uthaymin. And i read the kalam of Shaykh ibn Uthaymin. He said, ahlu if a land if the land Refuses to, give, uh, refuses to do the adhan and they do not do the adhan and they stop doing it, then it's upon the wali amr to fight that people until they come back to doing the adhan. They have to do it. And some scholars actually transmitted ijma And the evidence they use for that is the hadith of anhu الله الله أغار بعد أغار بعد the Messenger was one that if he would want to wage war on a people he wouldn't until he would listen to the Adhan in the morning see is there Adhan if he heard the Adhan he would withhold waging war on them and if there was no Adhan he would w- wage war on them وَلِذَلِكَ Some of the scholars, they said These are from the apparent symbols of an Islam that allows us to know that this land is the land of Islam and Muslims. If they get rid of all of that, such as صَلَاتُ الْعِيدَيْنِ عِيدُ الْأَضْحَىٰنِ عِيدُ Fitr, they will be fought. They will be, they will be fought. Another point I want to speak about is Al الْأَذَانُ Safar. A group of people are traveling, adhan and qama, whilst they are traveling. It is recommended to do adhan and qama, recommended to do adhan and ikama if you are a traveler. Whether you're by yourself or whether you're with a jama'ah. And that is bitifaqil The four madhabs believe that, all of them. That is recommended to do adhan and qama even if you're by yourself or if you're in a congregation recommended it's not obligatory and it's the view of the overwhelming majority of scholars and some scholars have actually went as far as to say that there's a consensus in this issue like ibn abd barr in both of these books at tamhid and also al-istithkar both of them he transmitted a consensus okay he transmitted a consensus What about if you want to do Adhan and iqama for two prayers? We're travelers, we've got Dhuhr and Asr. How, do, how, how does the word Adhan and iqama work? Someone's combining Dhuhr and Asr. We are travelers, we're going to combine Dhuhr and Asr. Do we do Adhan and iqama for both separately? Do we just do one Adhan and then iqama for both? What do we do? If you're going to combine the two prayers, then what you do is you do the Adhan at the beginning. For the Dhuhr, you do Adhan, and then you do Iqama for both of them. And this is the Madhab of Imam al-Shafi'i and al-Hanabilah wa lil-Malikiyya, wabihi qaul Ibn Hazm. This is the strongest opinion. And the evidence for that is the Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ: "Thumma Adhan, thumma Iqama, fassallal-Dhuhra, thumma asr So the Prophet did the Adhan, and then he did the Iqama, and then he led the Dhuhr, and then he done the Iqama, and he led the Asr. So, you only done the adhan once. You do the adhan at the beginning, and then you do qama for both. You do either qama for what? For both. And each one has a separate qama. All of them have their separate iqamah. and Now, inshaAllah ta'ala, we're going to read what the Allah said. The author rahim Allah, he said, Every people of a land, they should take a mu'adhin. And that they use the uh, wordings that have come in the adhan. The wordings that are in the adhan, the person has to do it. It's a ibadah. You have to stick to what has come. Okay? Is there adhan and iqama for the sunnah? Like I want to pray Qiyam al-Layl. Do I do adhan and iqama for
2: that?
0: No. Imam shafii said, لا adhan ولا iqamah لغير المكتوبة. Okay. And this is the call of the jumhur ulama al-Islam. There are some people who went and mentioned other things like Abdul Haqq al and others. Okay. What about the person who's listening to the I- I- adhan? what should what he do or what should she do the prophet said sallallahu if you hear the adhan then say what the mu'adhin is saying say it the prophet said صل الله عليه ثم الله فإن منزلة في من عباد الله If you hear that, uh, say what the, the muadhan mu- 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 is saying. And then send salutation unto me, the Prophet said. And also ask Allah تبارك t- b- ta'ala for me that Allah t- b- ta'ala gives me the wasila. The Prophet said for anyone who sends salutation on me once 10 will be sent on him and anyone who asks wasila for me my shafa'a will happen for them Okay if the mu'addin says Allahu Akbar allahu Akbar fa qala ahadukum and one of you says Allahu Akbar allahu Akbar thumma qala and then he says "Ashadu an la ilaha illallah you say "Ashadu an la ilaha illallah until the prophet said when he says حَيَّ عَلَى الصَّلَاةِ you say La حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ and also when he says حَيَّ al falah you say La حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ then the messenger said anyone who says this and says it from his heart Now. Jannah.
1: باب في شروط الصلاه ويجب على المصلي تطهير ثوبه وبدنه and من النجاسه وستر عورته ولا يشتمل الصمّة ولا يستر ولا يسبل ولا يكفت ولا يصلي في ثوب حرير ولا ثوب شهره ولا مقصوب وعليه استقبال الكعبه ان كان مشاهدا الله او في حكم المشاهد وغير
0: المشاهد يستقبل الجهه بعد التحري الله شروط the order, that which i see to be more authentic from the conditions of the salah write it down and then i'll mention what the author said and why we disagree with it the conditions of the salah are seven the first one is al-islam the person has to be a muslim yeah he has to be a what a muslim islam here's a question brothers when we say islam is a condition this is when you have a problem because if we say islam is a condition in usul al-fiqh what did we say about the hey why are you writing al-islam here then do you, do you remember what we discussed in usul al-fiqh who remembers what we did in al waraqat remember when I was speaking about the disbelievers are the disbelievers demanded and requested to pray the salah so, wa salah. Is it talking to the disbelievers or is it only talking to the believers? Put your hand up if you believe it's talking to the disbelievers as well. Put your hand up if you believe it's only talking to the believers who've, or those who've already said, illallah, Okay then. So, aqeemu salah is talking to the disbelievers, correct? So, they are being addressed in the sub branches, among the subsidiary issues in the religion as well. Sah? If that's the case. Why are you conditioning Islam for the Salah? If you're saying that they have been addressed as a disbelievers, and they are demanded to pray, yeah, you get the question first. This is where some scholars they go back to issue. This is tanaqud contradiction that sometimes some people fall into. They affirm something here in a, in a book of Usul al-Fiqh. And then when it comes to fiqh, they're breaking down what they said, they're contradicting what they affirmed. Anyways, what we mean by it is that they are being addressed and sins is been written for them and they will be accounted for it. But their salah won't be accepted if they pray it as disbelievers. So the reason why we say Al Islam is because it is Shartul Lisihat Salah. shartul li wujubis salah. Are we all together? It's a condition for the correctness of their prayer. Meaning they have to praise, they have to, they have to, for, in order their salah to be sahih, Islam. Okay. The second condition is al-aqlu. Al-aqlu. The second condition for the salah is aqlu. The person has sanity. Number three is at tamuzu which is Puberty. I won't go into this but as a side benefit I want you to think outside the box. Why did what's the difference between sanity and puberty? Yeah. not insane or is insane. Sanity means a person who's insane. Insanity. So what about the insane one? Can you distinguish between right or wrong? Can the insane distinguish between right and wrong? Can the child distinguish between right and wrong? Is it not the same thing then? Is an issue, Does it not go back to an issue of aqal? what's the what's the reason why they would distinguish insanity from child Somalis they have a saying Somalis Somalis saying they say childhood is an enemy you grow out of do you get it childhood it's, they don't say enemy they say it's a disease you grow out of like childhood is a disease you grow out of it alhamdulillah <laughs> I'm healthy now I don't be brothers you're not sick youngsters okay you're fine but the question here is: the reason why you're saying atemiz is because this child can't distinguish between things, it, and then the insane one can't distinguish between two things as well. Why have you made two things that their reasoning are the same? And you to know. the fuqaha going to these brothers. I'm not going to give you the answer by the way. You guys have to get that. But I'm just I want to see if anyone here does know it. Ashraf. Uh, puberty is not age dependent. Na?
2: Puberty is not age dependent. Haya, haya. There are other signs which can appear. Uh-huh.
0: Which, which can display puberty but uh, uh, insanity sanity, uh, regardless of age the person mm. doesn't change mm. yeah. ah. <laughs> the difference between it is tamiz is something hoped for this person to get out of it, it's not an illness it's something that he will get out of it's a period of time Are we all together brothers it's not age restricted so, it's something a person can grow out of. Like in insanity, it's something that the people believe that this person is not. Could happen, qadrullah ma It could happen. But it's something that it has, uh, it has, what do you call it, uh, um, a consistent and a continuous thing. Just the same way that the scholars distinguish between a person who is um, uh, in a coma and a person who's sleeping. How do you distinguish one from the other? Ruling-wise, are they the same? And etc. Then the difference between it, this is that the mumayyaz is a person who's hoped to get out of what he is in. Whereas the, the insane one, fala It's not hoped. Number four is al waqt. The fourth condition of shuru'tus salah is al waqt. The fifth one is istiqbal qibla So the fourth one was duhulul al-waqt, the entering of the time of the prayer, and the fifth one is istiqbal qibla the facing of the facing of the qibla. Number six is al-wudu. The sixth one is al-wudu, and the seventh one is an-niya, intention. Now all of these things that the author Rahim Allah, is going to bring that are not under my seven that I wrote we're going to eliminate it. Why we don't believe it. Like Satrul al It's not a shart. We're going to say why. Yeah. And why it's not a shartul li salah And etc. We'll come to that now. Some people might find these things I, I mention here a bit hard. But we will discuss it later. Inshallah. Okay, what did he say? The person has to what? He has to clean how many things? Three things from the najasat: your clothing, your body, and the place. Are we all together? These three are what? So the first one that uh, has to be clean, what did he say is? The clothing which he plays in has to be clean. he's what? Huh? His body. And the place that he plays in. What's the evidence that is obligatory for your clothing to be clean? Are we all together? It means your clothing. Okay, one of its views is that it's meant by the clothing. Also, the Prophet ﷺ, he commanded the woman who's on her menstruation that, her, that the, demul hayd, the blood of the menstruation went on her. The Prophet commanded her to do what? He commanded her, Asma Abi Bakrin, in the hadith of Asma Abi Bukhari Muslim, he told her to clean the clothing. As for the body, there are many evidences that have come cleaning it. Like, the hadith of the man who has been punished in his grave the al qabri that's the evidence to show that cleaning the body is obligatory and other ahadith as for keeping the place of where you're praying to be cleaner the evidence for that is the Arabiul bala fi masjid the bedouin man who urinated in the side of the masjid and the prophet ﷺ, what did he command he commanded water to be to be thrown over there a bucket of water All of these evidences, brothers, they show obligation. I kept saying the word, it's obligatory to clean your body. And it's obligatory to clean your clothing. And it's obligatory to clean the what? The place. But what is the evidence to show that it's a condition? Because the ulama they distinguish between three things. shart, wujub, and arkan. Brothers, be with me here. Wujub, obligation, those are the three evidences for obligation. Shart is a prerequisite. May Adam. That's the definition for it. It's a prerequisite. Wajib, if you leave it. A wajib. If you leave it, you sin, but your salah is not nullified. Are you all with me? Like in the shart and the rokun, if you miss it, your salah is nullified. Are we all together, brothers? We're talking about the wajib that's not a shart or the wajib that's not a rukun So if something is wajib in the salah and you don't do it, you are aathim but the salah is still sahih no problem. Lakin shart a condition, if it's missing, that salah is going to be told. Habibi, bring back that salah. Salah like salah batila. If a rukun is missing, the salah is also said what? It's batil. Are we all together? Here the question here is where is the evidence to show that this is a shart All these evidences are wujub I want to deliver shartiyah that is a shart Do you all understand the question? The question is that these evidences I gave they all show that it's wajib for you to clean your body, clean your clothing. Uh, we all together? The hadith of Asma Abi Bakr Sahihain, Where the Prophet commanded her to clean the menstruation blood from her body, it shows that you have to clean yourself from the impurities that fall onto your body. And that places the urine of the Bedouin man. That has shown us that it's wajib. Okay? And that the person, if he doesn't do it or she doesn't do it, they are a sinner. The question here is, where is the (coughs) shaghtiyah? That which seems apparent when ilmu indallahi azza wa jalla... The Messenger وسلم, hadith, Abu al Khudri, fi The Messenger prayed with two shoes and they were dirty. There was dirt on those shoes. And he prayed, And whilst he was in the prayer, he said, Faja'ani Jibreel came to me and he told me, Anna fi qadirun, that there are impurities on my shoes. فأنز, and I took them both off. Are we all together? The part that the Prophet prayed are we all together brothers was he told to repeat that salah did he repeat the salah he didn't repeat the salah and then the qadiya of it being a shart it what um it there it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like that As for, la salat ahadikum, إِذَا حتى and hadiths like that are clear in issues of shartiyah. Are we all together? But we will leave that for another discussion. Hey, the second thing that the author mentioned is to conceal your what? To conceal your aura. Uh, the concealing of the awrah is what, brothers? First of all, what's the aura for the man and what is the aura for the woman? As for the aura for the man is The aura for the man, generally speaking, is between his what? In between his knees and his what? Navels. That's when it's aura. And then the knees itself, are they aura? Yeah. No, they're not. It's between the two. Are we all together brothers? It's the two. Even though the, ma bayna, ma bayna the hadith itself is da'if it's not authentic. It is not hadith, it's the hadith ضعيف. La Question here, is the same aura present for the salah? The fuqaha they say that the salah has another type of additional thing which is what? Something has to be on top of the shoulders and that the person needs to put something on their their shoulders here the question here is is the aura being covered a condition for the prayer it's not a shart the strongest opinion the reason why is because the hadith of Amr ibn Salama he was a young boy and he led a group of people and he was the most knowledgeable in the Quran he was a hafidh of the Quran or he knew the Quran صغيرة, and he was wearing small clothing. سجدت, this young boy when he'd done Sujud,. his backside was showing. A woman from the people, she said to the men that were leading, because the women, they never used to pray in another room. They used to pray with the men at the back, so they could see the men, and they could see the imam. So a woman said. Hide from us Hide the aura of your imam Why we seen the aura of the imam And then they went and they, saw, they bought him what They bought him a qamiṣ. And Imam al-Bukhari narrated this It is sahih So his aura was showing And it never came from the Prophet That he commanded him what To go and repeat the salah Okay so this, brother shows us that this is not a condition. Even though, though it's wajib. To can, you're a sinner. And all of this we're talking about, by the way, they are wajib. But it's not a shard. Meaning your salah is not batil. Are we all together? وَلَا الصَّمَّاءُ وَلَا وَلَا يكفت وَلَا يصلي فِي ثَوْبِ حَرِيرٍ وَلَا ثَوْبُ شُهْرَةٍ The author here, rahimullah goes into some things that we can't do. He says that we can't do what is known as as-sadl. as means what? It's that the clothing comes from the top, like from the sides, and then it goes to the floor. You're not allowed to do that are we all together it's something that starts from the top and it goes it's a cloth you know that the imamah that you wear if it goes down to the floor it's called a sedlu it's not allowed also you're not allowed to do ispal ispal means Ma min you can't have your garments below your ankles men are not allowed to have their garments below their ankles لا في الصلاة ولا you can't have it in the salah or outside the salah that's prohibited and you're not allowed to okay you're not allowed to do that you can't do I already mentioned it وَأَمَّا كَفْتُ الثَوْبِ فِالصَّلَا you're not allowed to fold or tie the garments or your hair remember those people that had long hair So they used to fold their hair. You can't. If you have long hair and you've put elastic band on your hair, you can on the streets if you want to. You can put elastic band. Okay? For a man, you're allowed to. Like when the salah comes in, take it off. Just take the elastic band off because your whole hair has to come out. Even your garments. Some people, you see them praying in the salah and their hands are like this. They folded it because they just came from wudu. So they do this, and they pray the Salah like that. Are we all together and they're praying? You're not allowed to open it. It's prohibited. Okay? So all of this has to be unfolded. Just in case, is going to ask me this question, I'm going to try to answer it in advance. If it was sold like that, is is that what you're going to ask me? (laughs) I was trying too hard. Um, If it's sold like that, so then the company sold it like that, then that's not you who folded it. Okay? We're talking about what? Something you folded. You're not allowed to. Now, I'm going question. So as a question, a person has a long garment. There's a problem. If he folds it, you said he's not allowed. You just said he can't fold his garments. And if he lets it go, it's going to be above his ankles. What does he do in this situation? Huh? He tucks it into his socks. He takes the hole and he tucks it into his socks. Are we all together brothers? And then if he cut, doesn't have no socks. See, some problems have a be like, I don't have socks. What do I do in this situation? If we do this, two prohibitions, which one of the two prohibitions is stronger? It's the one that below the ankles is more stronger. So fold it. But it happened to you once so don't let it happen to you all the time. It's not every day that you should say, oh, I have to fold it again. It happened once don't let it happen every day. Brothers, you as men have to understand that you're not allowed to have your garments below your ankles. It's haram. It's min al kabair. It's a major sin. It's a major sin. It's a kabira, not a sagair. It's a kabira. The rahimullah added it to the major sins. By the way, it doesn't have to be half the shins and it doesn't have to be very high. That's a person who's whose iman is high that's you don't have to do that even if brothers it's a little bit above your ankles that's enough you know like a little bit just up that's it just don't let it go below your ankles even if it's on your ankles no problem it just can't go below the ankles that's what's allowed that's what's prohibited and not allowed okay A man is not allowed to wear silk. Okay. الشُهْرَةِ You're not allowed to wear clothing, which is shuhra. It's clothes of fame. to attach. And again, this is what is clothes of shuhra. It's another discussion. We're gonna, inshaAllah one day we're gonna do a lecture on uh, clothing. The do's and the don'ts. الْلِبَاسِ Fiqh of clothing. Another time, inshaAllah ta'ala you're not allowed to pray in a clothing that is stolen. Ah, you stole someone's clothing. And brothers, the definition of stealing is الْغَيْرِ قَهْرًا أو عُدْوَانًا بِغَيْرِ وَجْهِ حَقٍ So if you went to your brother's house and you took his garment and you just prayed with it, this is not considered to be okay? Because you know your brother's not going to see it as stolen. And you never forcefully took it from him. Okay? But it's not good to do that anyways. All of those that the author, rahimallah, mentioned right now, are they something, pay attention to this, are they things that if you do in the salah, for example, I prayed with clothing which are stolen. Does that mean my salah is null and void? No. This is Zaid. We studied it on Usulul Al-Fiqh. The nahi, or the the, the, manhiyat. if they go back to that, Ibadah. Ama, they go back to the shurut of the ibadah. Then they make that salah, they make that ibadah null and void. And when we were speaking about النهي, uh, no, no, when the Usuriyin they say, Does the nahi show butlan? Whatever the sharia prohibited you from, if you go and then do it. Does it mean that that thing is null and void? We studied that. The Nahi is three types. ما هو راجع إلى ذات العبادة وما هو راجع إلى, إلى شروطه أو ما هو راجع إلى أمر خارجي This is ما هو راجع إلى أمر خارجي وعليه استقبال عين القبلة The person has to face the qibla إن كان مشاهدا الله أو في حكم المشاهد وغير المشاهد يستقبل الجهة بعد التحري the people are two types. A person who's standing in front of the Kaaba, he has to face the Kaaba, Okay? And another person who's living on the other side of the world, does he have to face the Kaaba or the direction of where Makkah is? He faces the direction of where Makkah is. We're we all together. And the evidence for that is, al-Maghrib wal والمشريق Qiblah, where the Prophet said, between mashriq and maghrib is a qibla. Of course, he said this when he was in Medina. But for us, it's not the case.
2: باب كيفية الصلاة ولا تكون شرعية إلا بالنية وأركانها كلها مفترضة إلا قعود التشهد الأوسط ولا يجب من أذكارها إلا التكبير والفاتحة في كل ركعة والتشهد, والتشهد الأخير والتسليم وما عدا ذلك فسلن وهي الرفع في المواضع الأربعة والضم والتوجه بعد التكبيرة والتعوذ والتأمين وقراءة غير الفاتحة معها والتشهد الأوسط والاستراحة والأذكار والواردة في كل ركعة the author
0: الله, now goes into the Kafir to Salah. How do you pay the Salah? Okay, write this down. We spoke about the Shurud of the Salah, right? Now we're going to go to the Arkan of Salah. The pillars of the salah, brothers. What's the difference between shart and arkan? <coughs> Remember the arkan. If you leave it, the salah is not void. If it's missing, and the shart, if one of it is missing, the salah is not a void. So, what's the difference between the two? Oh yeah. No wait, 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 not you, I'm sorry. Someone else. No wait. Yeah shart is a prerequisite, so Sha shart is a prerequisite, without it the salah is not avoid, Hey, arkan. so what's the difference? Haya Faddal. Before the Sahih. You kind of said it as well. The shart is before the ibadah starts and the arkan is whilst you're in the ibadah. Okay? So these arkan is whilst the ibadah is going on. Okay? So istiqbal al-qibla before the ibadah starts. Right? Wudu before the ibadah starts. Now we're going to take nine pillars in salah. These are nine pillars within the salah. If you don't come with them, brothers, there is no salah for you. The seven we mentioned for the uh, shurut, if you're missing any of them, no salah for you. These nine, if you don't come with them, there's no salah for you. And then there's wajibat and there's sunan. Are we all together? The wajib, which is the third one, Arkan, with shart, we mentioned it. Shart is wajib and a ziyada, And the rukun is wajib and a ziyadah. What do we mean by that? Shart is obligatory for you to come with. And if you don't come with them, you're a sinner. But what it also has on it is that nullified. Nalific- the arkan is the same. It's obligatory for you to come with. If you don't come, you're a sinner. Also, it nullifies your ibadah if you don't come with it. Like in the wajib by itself That's not a shart nor a rukun If you don't come with it You won't, it won't nullify You only are a sinner And I'm, I, I don't want to just make it looking like I don't want to make being a sinner seem easy And say you're just a sinner No, it's a big thing But your salah is not nullified, okay? The nine which are arkan is Number one Al-qiyamu fil-faridati lil-qadiri Standing up in the obligatory prayers if you have the ability to do so. So I've mentioned two things. Standing up is a pillar. But which salah is it a pillar for? The wajibat, the five daily prayers. And it's only obligatory for what? The one who has the ability. If you don't have the ability, this pillar is lifted from you. Based on the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Salli qa'iman, pray standing up, fa'il lam tasta'ti' فَقَاعِدًا فَإِنْ لَمْ تستطع We mentioned that hadith Imran ibn Hussein لكن the sunnah is your choice Even if you have the ability You can pray sitting down on the sunnah It's your choice Any sunnah You can pray wherever You're sitting down if you wish to Are we all together? يَعُوْ الْقِيَامُ الْلَيْلِ You can sit, pray it sitting down if you want to Based on the hadith of the Prophet where he said, Qiyamul Layl, nis, he was talking about. He said that the one who's standing, I mean, the one who's sitting, sorry, takes half of the reward of the one who's standing. That hadith clearly shows you're going to miss a reward. It's not the same. But you're allowed to. Was that your question? <laughs> so you have to understand, brothers, that. At least get the half if you can't be bothered to stand up instead of missing the whole ibadah. At least get half. If you can't be bothered to pray standing up Qiyam layl at least sit down. At least you get something. صح? Instead of missing it all out in total. The second pillar is Takbiratul Ihrami wa hiya takbirah salatu biha. Takbiratul Ihram Allahu Akbar The one you start your prayer with is a pillar, brothers. It's a pillar. It's a rukun. Well, some people, brothers, when they come to the Salah, pay attention to this, and I see this very common. A lot of people, when they come to the Salah and the Imam is in Ruku' and they want to catch up, they forget to do the takbiratul ihram <laughs> They start from the Ruku' straight away. There is no Salah you're going into. Does that make sense? You have to first stand up and say, Allahu Akbar, and then you go to takbiratul ihram And so then you go to the ruku'. There's no salah for you if you didn't take al-Haram. I said it's a pillar. Are we all together? Ha! And then one to go to Sahih. So you say Allahu Akbar? No, no, there's two calls. We're going to come to you, brothers. We're just going to come to you now. There's two views. One view is that there's no Allahu Akbar that you need to do because there is no You're, you're not. You're not allowed as a ma'amum to do anything without the imam. And there's no imam that told you to do that right now. So when you say the takbiratul haram when you say Allahu Akbar, you just drop into this position straight away without saying anything. Wahu well, al-rajih, that seems stronger. Okay? So you just do takbiratul haram You say Allahu Akbar, meaning the salah started and then you're, you're here now. That's where you're at right now. Okay? The third one is qira'atul fi kulli rak'an. Reading Fatiha in every rak'ah. Ah, oh, Fatiha is a pillar, brothers. Whether the Salah is Jahriya or whether the Salah is Siriya, Fatiha has to be read by everybody. It's a pillar. What does he do? Huh. Oh. Yeah, raising the hand is different from the issue of Takbirat al-Ihram. Yeah, yeah, you can, can. Takbirat al brothers, doesn't necessarily... The issue of raising your hand and Takbirat al-Ihram is you're going to separate those two. Takbirat al-Ihram, the person saying, It's Allah Akbar. Raf'u hands is a different We all together, brothers. The raising of the hands and the Takbirat al-Ihram um, is two different things. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to come to that issue as well soon, inshallah. Ta'ala. What about if I reach the imam and he's in ruku'? Have, do I have, have? What about that? I never read Fatihah. Um, do does that, does that rak'ah count? Inshallah, you'll hear the bad news. Uh, number four. Let me just finish these nine. I promise you, a lot of you guys have a lot of questions. It's going to be answered, inshallah. Number four. Al-ruku'ah fi kulli rak'ah. The ruku'ah is a pillar for every rak'ah. It's a rukun. You can't miss a ruku'ah. It's a pillar. It's a pillar. Getting up from the ruku' and standing up is a pillar. That standing up that you have to do when you get up from the ruku', which is al qiyamu it's a pillar. Number six. Is I did five. This is number six right now. Number six, a sujoodul The first sujood and the second sujood are pillars. The first sujood and the second sujood is a pillar. Number eight. Sorry, number seven. I can count. I know how to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. <laughs> Number 7 is al-julus bayna sajdatayn, sitting in between the two. Sitting in between two sajda There's a book in my house. It's uh, it's called Qissatul Hamqa wal قصة Qissatul Hamqa wal Ibn al-Jawzi wrote it. The great scholar Ibn al-Jawzi wrote a kitab called Qissatul Hamqa wal It's about people who are dim-witted. They just something's not right he brings all their stories so it's a funny book there's funny stories in there okay and he brings them all with sni chains of narrations all the stories and at the beginning he talks about the issue of these stories have been transmitted in the books so he gathered them all from the books that it was mentioned in anyways he mentioned a story of a man who came to another man and he said to him brother pray the salah he goes okay i don't want to pray he said Ittaqillah, pray He said, okay. He said, no, I'm not going to pray. He said, okay, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to give you money to pray. I will fund you. I will give you money for every salah. You pray, this is how much I'm going to give you. This much dinar or dirham, he said, I will give to you. The man goes, really? He goes, yes. He said, you're going to give me every salah. For duhr, you're going to give me that much? Asr, Maghrib, Isha, Fajr. Each day, you're going to give me this much? So he told him an amount. He said, yes. He said, Okay, I'm gonna start now. The Lord is the closest prayer, I'm gonna pray. So this man paid him for a couple of days. For three days he gave him money. On the fourth day, he stopped giving him the money because he thought by now that he would be stuck to the prayer and admire the prayer and carry on. So on the fourth day, the man came and he said, Where's the money? You told me to pray, I prayed. Man I ain't giving you money, man. You're praying for Allah, you weren't praying for me. What would I have to give you money for? He goes, you told me to pray. Give me my money. He goes, I'm not going to give you money. Carry on praying for Allah. The way you started, you can do it. You know you can do it. The reward with Allah is more. He goes, no, I'm not. I need my money. And I, if I only get my money, I will pray. And the man goes, no, I won't give you no money. And Alhamdulillah, the proof has been established on you that you've prayed for a period of time and you know you can do it. He said, you're not going to give it to me. He said, no. Guess what? Every salah I prayed without no tahara. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? You thought I prayed properly for you. I prayed all of the salah without tahara. (laughs) The You're just harming yourself. (laughs) Ajib." So it's a story of those who are مغفل مغفل dimwitted people Number seven is sitting between two sajda To sit down with what? Two sajda The two sajda To sit down is a رحل. Number eight is Tranquility In every single Pillars. The, all of those pillars that we mentioned, which is takbiratul ihram, al-ruku', al-ra'f min al-ruku', which was the atidal, al-sajda al-awwal, al-sajda al-thani, al-jalusi bi'na sajdataini, all of those there has to be tamaniyah. Tamaniyah means what? Tranquility. I give you an example. A person is praying right now, so you did your qiyam. You have to be tranquil. The body cannot be moving, you can't be rocking. That's one. It has to be tranquil. Now that you're tranquil, you move to one position. So I go to ruku' right now. Sah? When I go to ruku', the body has, because the body, when it comes to one position from another position, it generally is still moving. Until you get rid of all of that movement, it's not considered tumanina. Are we all together? So I'm standing. said, Allahu Akbar. My body's moving until I get the position. I stay for still without moving for a period of time. And then I go up. If you come from one position and you do this, there is no tuma'nina. The reason why there is no toma'nina is the body never stopped. That was the whole point. There was not a, a period of time that came where your body stopped. Does that make sense? If you pray a salah without tuma'nina, there is no salah and the man you know, the famous man that came, which is called Al U Salatahu, The one who destroyed his prayer You all know that story, right? What was the problem with that man? What did he do wrong? All that was missing from his prayer was Tuma'nina. If you bring all the riwayat and the and the hadith together The man had no tum'a'nina in his prayer He actually did the ruku' He did the sujood He did everything He just had no tum'a'nina. And the Prophet kept telling him what? And he said, And the man then said, I swear by the Lord who sent you out as a prophet, I can't do better than this, teach me. So today wallahi you see a group of people, they pray, there's no tum'anina. It's just wobbling. So Tuma'nina is important, brothers, okay? Number nine is الْأَرْكَانِ عَلَى مَا Number nine is The sequence of the prayer Has to be the way we mentioned it You can't change the sequence The order is a condition It's a rukun The order of the prayer is a what? It's a rukun These nine are what my knowledge My, my knowledge of the Rahman All the asaneed All the Hadith When I looked at it These nine are the only ones I can say that are Arkan Okay Other than that there are khilaf, difference of opinion, that I don't consider it to be a condition. Uh, sorry, a pillar, such as a tashahud al-akhir. The last tashahud is it a pillar. I'm not of the opinion it is. Well, wa the julus, the sitting of that tashahud, and the taslim. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum. Are there a condition? For example, somebody just done their tashahud, and they just stood up and they left. They didn't even say the salam alaykum. Is it a pillar? I don't believe it's a pillar. Because of the hadith, it, there is no hadith that are sahih that show they are. Again, they are wajib though. They are what? They are wajib. Naam.
2: Faslun fi mubutalatiha. The Salah, what is it that, that nullifies the prayer? Um, talking
0: in the prayer. If you speak in the Salah, it, it nullifies it. Based on the Hadith of the Prophet, Inna الناس, The علماء are unanimously in agreement that if a person speaks in the prayer, um, then that salah is nullified. Deliberately if he does it. And that's when the ayah came down. Back in the days, early time in Islam, they used to talk. The sahabas would talk to each other. Hey, how are you doing? Is everything fine? Yeah, in the salah. Based on the hadith of Zayd ibn Arqam in Sahihain. He said, We used to talk in the prayer. While else they were praying next to each other, they would question one another. Where are you? I haven't seen you these last couple of days. What have you been up to? everything fine has huh? have kids uh, that's how they used to talk then what happened the ayah came down Stand in front of Allah silent then he said we were then prohibited from talking like if the person speaks out of ignorance he's an ignorant person he just wariya, wariya. he just screams in the salah ah, come, here, come, here, come here there's some people jahiline, ignorant like that they don't know or the person speaks out of forgetfulness, like literally he in the salah the tarawih was too long, or the qiyam was so long, the duhr was so long he forgot himself that he's in a salah. He got his phone out and he said yeah, and he remembered he's in a salah and he put it back in his pocket. And then that person's salah is they carry on, okay, based on the riway, based on the hadith of Mu'awit ibn al-Sulami. ibn Hakam Sulami. ibn ibn Hakam Sulami he prayed he spoke in his prayer. He was in the Salah and he spoke. And um, when he spoke, they, the people, the Sahabas, they started to hit their thighs. <laughs> and then he said, what are you guys hitting your thighs for, man? He's in the Salah. He goes, why are you guys hitting your thighs for, man? What are you doing all this noise and everything for? And then when the Salah finished, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi said, who is that person who was talking? And then he said, it was me or Messenger of Allah? and the prophet he said he said ma darani wa la shatamani the prophet didn't hit me and he did not insult me but he said to me that in salat al this prayer of ours that you see muawiya that you see we're praying la yabghil fiha shay'un min al don't speak or say things in it in it is at tasbihu wa takbiru wa tahmidu wa tilawat al-quran say subhanallah alhamdulillah read quran that's what it's for no talking no talking in this prayer so this is brothers an evidence to show what that the speech if it happens from someone who's ignorant who doesn't know or if he does it out of forgetfulness then it is not gonna nullify their prayer yeah ah, these issues you shouldn't be saying anything outside that which is authentically transmitted in it so if you sneeze and other things like that you shouldn't do it Um, what about eating and drinking in the salah deliberately also nullifies your prayer okay you can't eat or drink what about if a person drinks or eats deliberately Uh, sorry you already know you can't do it deliberately but what about if he does it out of forgetfulness eating or drinking there's a difference of opinion there is a difference of opinion and some scholars are very harsh they say eating and drinking is much worse than what than speech like in I I don't see a difference between the two what about laughing laughing the laughing doesn't nullify your prayer If you laugh or smile As long as there is no Al-Qahqaha qahqaha means the person Makes a noise when they laugh Like they, they laugh with noise Then this nullifies the prayer By consensus um, As for a tabassum smiling In the prayer It doesn't nullify your prayer Okay What about busying yourself With things in the prayer That are not from it The author is saying It can nullify your prayer like for example, you're in the salah and you're you're counting the dots on the in front of you, like one, okay, second dot, then the third dot, and you're counting it, or you're looking at the p- person in front of you, like whoa, Allah barik, you know, he's got a nice But Where did he get it from, by the way? <laughs> and you're thinking about all these things. Oh, there's the stripe. Where is it going to? <laughs> in the salah, all of these things, the author Allah He's saying that it will it will what? It nullifies the prayer because it goes against the ikhla. Sorry, the uh, that it was needed in the prayer and leaving of a shart or a rukun nullifies your prayer meaning if a person doesn't come with a shart salah is nullified or a rukun salah is nullified
2: فصل في من تسقط عنه ومن لا ولا تجيب على غير مكلف وتسقط على من عجز عن الإشارة وقته ثم ثم the author Rahimahullah
0: Who is it that doesn't have to uh, pray? He said, Well, I the person who's going to pray has to be a mukallaf which age of puberty okay and we mentioned that before and the salah is lifted from the one who can't even do a ishara an ishara means he cannot point this person is lifted from him that's what the author الله, said this is an opinion that the author holds that the minimum that a person goes to is an ishara ishara is to point his finger or stuff. If he can't, Shaukani believes that the salah is lifted. And another group of scholars, which I'm more inclined to, is that the salah never is lifted from a person, as long as they're conscious and their brain is there. Are we all together, brothers? Never does the salah get lifted from anyone. If he even can't do ishara, he just thinks of it. Are we all together? He thinks about the salah. And he visions the the ruku and the sujud in his head. Never does the salah reach a point where we say saqat anhu salah. It doesn't happen to that. Okay. All you just have to do is you pray in accordance to your what, in according to your ability and what you're able to. The author rahimahullah he said wa aman ughmi Also the salah is lifted from the person who He became he fainted and the time left. So someone fainted and the time of the Salah left, then the عليه, this is the one that the scholars really argue about. The one who faints, does he take the ruling of the one who slept or the insane person? If he takes the ruling of the one who slept, then the one who slept just has to, has to bring it back when he wakes up, right? But if you say he takes the ruling of the insane one, then the insane one doesn't have to ever bring it back. Okay? So, the author's view is stronger, ta'ala because the one who slept chose to sleep. Okay? He chose to sleep. And so he, he, he prays when he wakes up. Like in the Mu'mah Alihi, he never chose to sleep. Okay? Just the same way that the one who's insane didn't choose to be insane. So, the Mu'mah Alihi, the one who fainted, and the one who's insane are more closer than the one who fainted and the one who slept. Are we all together? The one who fainted, you can't make it, if you make it similar to the one who slept, and you say that the one who fainted and the one who slept are the same, then that means the one who fainted has to bring back the prayer. Just like the one who slept brings back the prayer. But if you say the one who fainted is like the insane one, then a person who's insane, even if he regains his sanity again, he never has to bring back the prayers. Right? He never has to bring it back. Um, so we say that the alayhi is like the Majnoon. He has no akal. he doesn't know what's happening around him, and he's not under the taklif, burning of the Sharia. Now, ah, yeah, we say the ones who go through um, the unconscious, they go through the ICU. What's it called, the ICU? ICU. Ah, the, those who go through the intensive care unit and they uh, don't know what's happening then they don't pray. They don't pray. Salah is uplifted from them. They're mu'ma They fainted. Those ones. in um, the ones who've been made to faint or unconscious, they've been made to be unconscious, like the uh, patient who's conscious, he's fine, but they wanted to do surgery on you so they put something in you and you went to sleep and you woke up, you have to pray out. You have to pray because it was done to you. It was chosen for this to happen to you. But a person went to a car accident and he became unconscious and was out for a day or two. Okay? He doesn't have to pray the salah if the time of the salah went. I will try to open the floor for you guys for question and answers. I will try to. See, See how I said that? I said, I will try to you know don't hold me account if I don't the sick person will pray standing up if he's not able to he will sit down and if he's not able to he will go to the side and if he's not able to he will what? he will do ishara and if not then he will do it in his mind
2: now nah. باب صلاة التطوع هي أربع قبل الظهر وأربعون بعده وأربعون قبل العصر وركعتان بعد المغرب وركعتان بعد العشاء وركعتان قبل الفجر وصلاة الضحى وصلاة الليل وأكثرها ثلاثة عشر ركعة ثلاثة ثلاثة, ثلاثة عشر يوتر فيها في آخرها وتحية المسجد والاستخاره وركعتان بين كل أذان وإقامة.
0: The author رحمه الله now goes into صلاة التطوع. Why is it called Salat al The Prophet called it Tatawwuh. I mean, it was called tatawwu because of the Bedouin man who said it and the Prophet consented to that t- term. So the Prophet affirmed that. It's from the Sunnah of the Prophet. A Bedouin asked the Prophet Sallallahu about the prayer and the Prophet said to him Khamsa salawatin yomi And then the, man, the, man, the Bedouin man, he said to the Prophet "Hal alayya Is there any other prayer on me? The Prophet said "La illa an tatawr. Some of the ri- riwayat, the man said it, and the Prophet, or this narration, it says that the Prophet said it. No. Unless you do تطوّع. So the Prophet called it what? تطوّع. Anything after the five daily prayers, brothers, is what? تطوّع. It's not wajib. Ah, it's not wajib. Now the Uthah Rahimahullah, he goes into the, salah, the, the voluntary prayers. What are the uh, the... Voluntary prayers. Salah, nawafil, which are rawatib. Sunnah, which are after the obligatory prayer or before it. They follow the obligatory prayers. There's, there's sunnah that follow the obligatory prayer. And the author mentioned four before what? Dhuhr. And four after Dhuhr. And four before Asr and two after Maghrib and two after Isha and two before Salat al-Fajri so these are known as what? the Rawatib al duha Salat al so it's four before Dhuhr and four after Dhuhr Four? Oh no no! How, how how do you pray those four? You can pray it all together, or you can separate if you want to. Now, <laughs> this is the problem. Many people don't know. There are four before the hur and after it as well. Are we all together? Yeah. So there's some narrations that mention ten, some mention twelve. Hadith Ibn Umar says ten only. Like in the most numbered one is this one. No, is not in there. So there's two ways to pray it. You can combine it all or you can separate it all. Okay? Yeah, you do it the Shahud you stand up yeah You pray like Dhuhr, like Dhuhr. Okay? Some of the Salaf, they did it like that and some of them, know they separated it. Yeah? That which is preferred by the ul ulama is two and two. Qawlu ul ulama is that they can't look like the Salah. But it's four before Dhuhr, four after Dhuhr, four after asr, uh, before asr. Sorry, two before. Uh, sorry, two after maghrib, two after isha, and two before salatul Fajri. These are called sunan rawatib. Ama Rawati nawafil rawatib. It's called nawafil rawatib. Ama, ama It's called that. The reason why it's called al rawatib is because it's a thabit to day. That, that one doesn't stop it keeps going it keeps rolling and then Salatul <laughs> duha. you pray Salatul <laughs> duha. and then <laughs> Salatul al-Layl Salat layl and Salatul al-Layl is how many raqah? wa-akthar-uha thalatha <laughs> the author Rahim Allah is of the, of the opinion that it's the most uh, Qiyam al-Layl can be what is he's saying it's 13 uh, because he takes the hadith of who? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha where she said that the Prophet had prayed 13 raq'ah in Sahih Muslim. And another place she said the Prophet never used to increase in more than 11. But again, we strongly differ with this issue when we say that the Qiyamul Layl can be as much as the person wants to. There's no restriction to it. And we will ta'ala expand on that in the month of Ramadan, inshallah when it comes. وليستخارة. Salatul Istikhara. Salatul Istikhara is also a sunnah. Salatul Istikhara, brothers, you can pray it whenever you want. Just not with the wajib. Okay? Meaning, you can pray Salatul Istikhara and Tahiyyatul Masjid together. But you cannot pray Salatul Istikhara with Fajr together. With one intention. You can't. Because the Prophet prohibited that. alayhi. So Istikhara has to always be separate from what? Any obligatory salah and istikhara brothers is that salah you pray when you want to get married this is this is the easiest easiest way of explaining it to people when you want to get married okay because if i say istikhara is when you want to choose between two goods people are like the only time i prayed it was when i wanted to get married to my wife <laughs> I know. so you pray istikhara you pray it's and in there you you are consulting allah ta'ala whether this thing is good for you or not and between every adan and iqama there's two rak'ah that you can pray. Between every adan and iqama there's two rak'ah that you can pray. Because of the hadith of the Prophet And then the Prophet said, Whoever wants to want whoever wants to pray it can pray it. Na'am.
2: Babu Salat هي من اكد السنن هي من اكد السنن وتنعق وتنعقد باثنين وإذا, واذا اكثر واذا كثر الجمع كان الثواب اكثر وتصح بعض وتصح بعض المفضول والأولى ان يكون الامام من الخيار ويوم الرجل ام الرجل بالنساء العكس والمفترض بالمتنفل والعكس وتجب المتابعة في غير مبطل في غير مبطل ولا يامر الرجل قومهم له كارهون ويصلي بهم صلاه اخفهم ويقدم السلطان ورب المنزل والاقرى ثم الاعلم ثم الأسن واذا اختلت واذا اختلت صلاه الامام كان, كان ذلك عليه لا على المؤتمن به وموقف وموقفهم خلفه الى الا الواحده فعن يمينه وتقدم صف وتقدم صفوف الرجال ثم ثم الصبيان ثم النساء والأحق بالصف الأول لأول الأحلام والنها وعلى الجماعة أن يس أن يسوا صفوفهم ويسد وي ويسدل ويسد, ويسد ويتم الصف الأول ثم الذي يليه ثم
0: الله هي Now we're going to go into Salatul Salatul Jama'ah. What does Salatul Jama'ah mean? I mean? why did the author, Rahim Allah, go into Salatul Jama'ah here? He's going into it because he wants to What is the ruling of Salatul Jama'ah? What is its ruling? The author says, The Jama'ah is, is one of the most emphasized sunnah. So he's of the opinion that the Salatul Jama'ah is not wajib. It's mustahab. Men don't have to go to the masjid and this is his opinion so which opinion is the strongest that the salatul jama'ah is wajib or not there are two opinions and it's not fair to eliminate one opinion there, are, there is an opinion of some scholars that they hold that the Salat al-Jama'ah is recommended. It's not obligatory on the men. And they don't have to go. It's not a must. And that opinion is marjuh. It's very weak. Okay? Even though, though it's the view of the Jumhurul Ulama, the overwhelming majority. This is the view of the overwhelming majority that believe it's not wajib. They believe it's not wajib. Jama'ah. Lakin... The least ones, smaller in number, believe that it's wajib, and I think this opinion is stronger. But again, it's a valid difference of opinion. It's a valid difference of opinion. Um, and the evidence to show that it's wajib is: "Ata um, A Bedouin, a blind man, came to the Prophet and He said, qaidun ila al I don't have a. He's a blind man. He said, I don't have anyone to take me to the masjid. He asked the Prophet sallallahu He said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, make it easy for me to pray in my, in my house. The Prophet said, okay, no problem. Pray in your house. The man stood up and was about to leave. The Prophet then called him. Come here. He said, can you hear the call of Adan? Can you hear the Adan? The man said, yes, I can. The Prophet then said, obey it. So then it became obligatory on him. Okay? Also, the Prophet ﷺ said in another hadith um, that he wanted to ban a group of people who was not coming to the jama'ah, the messenger. He wanted to go and burn them in their houses. And some of the riwayat, he mentioned that the reason why I never did it to them, I never burned them, is because I was scared that their women and their children would burn with them. Okay? That far. The Prophet said, "Lakad said, I intended thought of it came to my mind to go to a group of people who are in the houses not coming to the jama'ah بيوتهم, and I burned them in their houses um, and the Prophet then said if it wasn't for the women uh, sorry the, 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 the kids the children and the women who are in the houses I would have burnt them in their houses he said that so this then again puts it in a very big place and the jama'ah is very big it's not a very light issue and to show you how powerful the Jama'ah is, even in the battlefield, the Prophet said that the Mu'mineen, I mean, Allah Azza wa Jalla commanded the believers in the jihad. When everyone is fighting and you know the army, all of them are spread out, Jama'ah. You have to pray together. Again, fi halil So, what do you then think fi halil amni? At a time of safety and your, your house. You have to. So, Ibn al Mundir in his Kitab al awsat he transmitted from the companions a large number of them who said that Salatul Jama'ah is wajib. عنه, he said, as Al Imam Muslim narrated in his Sahih, that at our time, the person we never saw in the Jama'ah was a man we considered him to be a clear cut hypocrite. Oh. Clear cut hypocrite. Not a man who didn't pray. No, he prayed, but in his house. But we consider him to be a munafiqun, <laughs> That's very dangerous. What's the bare minimum of the jama'ah? The bare minimum is two. The bare minimum is two. Two people are jama'ah. Let's say you have a masjid in your area. Okay, pay attention to this. There's a masjid there and there's like a little musalla downstairs in your building. Which one is better for you to go to? The masjid. The masjid is better. Even if it's a bit extra. Why? Because the people are more there. And the more people, the more reward. The more reward. Based on the hadith, Imam Ahmed and Abu Dawin narrating from the hadith of Ubay ibn Ka'bin. Salah, jama'ah, is accepted behind a mafadul. Mafdul means someone who's not more virtuous. I mean, There's someone else better than him in the place but he leads, no problem. The salah is still sahih. Okay? And the evidence for that is Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa prayed behind him. So Abu Bakr is lower than the Prophet, right? So this is a, behind a mafduul. So it can happen, a person who is nobler, greater, uh, is not leading, but is led. Okay? yakuna أَن يَكُونَ min al الْخِيَارِ But what is right is that the imam is a righteous, the best one. Because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said Make your imams the righteous ones amongst you Because they are your delegation between you and Allah They're a, They're a delegation Men are the ones that lead the women in the prayer Not the women A woman doesn't lead men in prayer She can't, she's not allowed to Women pray behind men in salah. Now it's like in, it's changing, right? It's changing. We have, places in, we have places in the UK now. Two places in the UK. Where the khutbah is done by a woman and the salah is led by a woman. She leads them. You see? And in America, I heard something like that is happening. Yeah? In Kerala. It's spreading, you see? This is something that's not allowed. And it's not correct. And the evidence to show you that is... Ma that which is in Bukhari Muslim and Anasin Kala Anasin said Khalf ana wa I prayed behind the Prophet sallam, me and an orphan and the old woman she was pr- praying at the back. You see. So the women are led by the men. Um, let me break it down for you, brothers here. The Imamah of the woman in the fara'ild. Buhur, Asir, Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr. Five prayers, right? لا يجوز By consensus of the ulama. Not two scholars differ that a woman is not allowed to lead in the obligatory prayers. Ibn Hazamin, he said, وَاتَّفَقُوا أَنَّ الْمَرْأَةَ لَا الرِّجَالَ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ مْرَأَةَ Men are not allowed to be led by a woman in the five daily prayers when they know she's a woman. okay? If they do pray behind her, knowing this is a woman, and their salah is corrupt by consensus. He said this in his kitab, but what about a voluntary prayer? There are differences of opinions on this issue. Weak like him, weak. Some scholars here and there, they were a bit soft on the sunnah, ibaratalah. Don't give it weight. Don't give it. Don't give it any weight. And the reason for that is that the Prophet's hadith are clear. Where he said, There's no success for a people whose affairs are run by a woman. The Prophet said this Ali we can't change this hadith. Salawatullah. The salah is the first thing in these affairs. Are we all together? So women have to pray behind and the men are the ones who lead. Now that doesn't mean in any way, shape, or form that me, I'm better than Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. In no way, shape, or form does any one of us believe that? Are we all together? Or any one of us think that we're better than the wives of the Prophet right? Does that make sense? No, we don't believe that. We believe they are greater and better than we are. And we believe a woman can be higher than a man in Jannah. Are we all together? in the issue here is جنس الرجل و جنس المرأة we're talking about men and women. Men and women. We're not talking about individuals amongst men and individuals amongst the women. Are we all together brothers? And this is what Islam commanded and we shouldn't come 1,400 years later and then start to question all these evidences and these religious texts. We shouldn't. What about women? Are they allowed, is a woman allowed to lead another group of women? Can she lead them? Um, yes a woman can lead another woman and they can be imams for each other some of the scholars who some of the scholars who said that a woman can lead men in the voluntary prayers there are some scholars who said that I don't want to name it some of the scholars who said that they used some evidences they pushed some evidence voluntary I don't, not wajibah not isha. sunnah in the house because the sunnah is done in the house right the woman is not coming out in the house they said there are evidences for what we have which was the hadith of Umm Warqa. Where the Messenger وسلم, He said to her, "Go and lead your family. You lead your family." And in her, her family were what? Well, there were some men. So they said, "Look at this hadith. Is for us." Number one, the hadith is ضعيف. the Hadith is what? Da'if Ahmed bin in his Muslim Abu Dawood. The hadith is d'aif. Many scholars have weakened it mainly because of two things. Al hadith is and there's a narrator which in there is unknown if you want to go in more details go to the Kitab Al-Badr al by Ibn Mulaqin second issue with this is uh, with the hadith or with this evidence that they used is that it doesn't show that the Prophet was referring to the men because there are other narrations that bring that concept out Are we all together brothers this evidence is, is general we have a specific evidence and if we have a specific evidence muqaddamun ala al that the specifics takes precedence over the what? The general. Okay? The author says, Rahimahullah Taala, it's permissible for one who is um, praying salah, which is uh, wajib, can lead a person who's praying sunnah. And a person who's praying sunnah can lead another person who's praying wajib. For example, I've prayed Isha now. A brother comes in and he wants to pray Isha. I say, okay, no, let me lead you. I've already prayed. And I lead him the four raka'ah. I'm allowed to do that and it's permissible. Okay? There's not, we, our intentions have, don't have to both be the same. Like, oh, you got wajib? I, oh, I'm not wajib. Sorry, I can't lead you. No. This shows us another thing which is the imam and you don't have to have the same intention. Okay? You both can be praying different salats. You can still pray behind him. fi ghayr <laughs> You also have to follow the imam as long as he doesn't do something which nullifies the prayer. Here there's a mas'ala that the scholars really went back and forth on, which is that the imam, do you have to follow him? Yes, you have to. Because of the hadith of the Prophet, the imam was being made to be followed. Fala Don't go against the imam. Question. The imam is, we were commanded to follow the imam. This imam doesn't know he prayed four rak'ah and then he stood up for the fifth rak'ah. He thinks that he's prayed three and this is the fourth one and he stood up and the people said to him Subhanallah and he goes Subhanallah to you guys <laughs> you know he believes he's right and they're all wrong he believes he's right they're wrong in this situation what, what do we do and he's insisting to carry on the fifth what do we do here hmm do we follow him based on his hadith that the imam was being made to be followed don't go against the imam or do we say look imam <laughs> Both of the opinions are out there, but which one is stronger? Are you? We don't up Who believes we don't follow him? Put your hand up. Okay. Who believes we follow him? Ah. Okay, the ones who say they follow him? Pause. The ones who said you don't follow him, what do you guys do? Look, between themselves, they're going to differ. Watch. Okay, put your hands up again. The ones who said we, we don't follow they changed they became less. <laughs> they became less. The ones who believe you don't follow the Imam what, what do you guys do? Hey, hey, you said it first hey? You finish off the Salah without him? You, you, you sit where you were in the Tashahud and you wait for him over there. Hey, who believes something else? Who believes I finished the Salah? <laughs> you got to wait for him. <laughs> who believes I'm just going to finish my Salah? I'm not going to wait for him. If he's doing five rakah I'm not going to pray <laughs> Hey, what do you do oh you're us. okay hey what would you do you stay and sit those people are right this, that's the strongest opinion okay because how, can is, how is it permissible to follow someone you know is praying five raqah? the imam is excused because he's jahid he doesn't know you, you have no excuse you can't pray maghrib salat four rak'ah as a fifth then deliberately knowing that it's the you can't that's you making the salah five raqah. you don't you wait for him in that position he left you in and when he comes there you, you finish it off with him he's excused you're not because you know <coughs> if you're in doubt like he is then follow him if there's doubt in your mind then follow him you're not, you're not no problem because you're, you, you're commanded but if you're sure are we all together you never follow and the evidence for this is that if four brothers are together and they all say the Qibla one said this is the way the Qibla is and the other one said no the Qibla is here and the other one said no no no, no. the Qibla is there and the other one said the Qibla is there all of us have to pray which we believe to be the Qibla no two people follow each other what about if I was praying duhur and the, when I, I, I said Allahu Akbar and then I said that's the Qibla no it's not this is the Qibla. I move towards the, what I believe to be the Qibla. And all four rak'ah I pray towards one Qibla. Thinking it is this is the Qibla. No, no, allah, this is the Qibla. Every single rak'ah I'm going to pray to what I believe was the Qibla. Does that make sense? In the Sharia, there's no such a thing as this person did a mistake, I'm just going to follow him in it. There isn't. Ridaq Shaykh argued strongly against that. ha. Yeah. So that's another argument that they bring, those who say, for example, Hadith Duly Dayen. The hadith the Prophet shortened the prayer. Are we all together? The scholars they responded to that is because the Prophet's prayer for the Sahabas, it was as though the salah was changed. They thought that the Hakam of the salah was changing. So they they had to follow the Prophet in everything. Thinking. And remember when he shortened the prayer, Dulyadein said to the Prophet, Aqusurat Salatu. This, was the salah made sure to our Messenger of Allah that we don't have to pay four raq'ah anymore? Or did you do a mistake? They thought that there was coming revelation down that was changing the salah. You see, brothers, that's the answer Ibn Taymiyyah gave. Okay, I want to finish, inshallah, this chapter at least. You're not allowed to lead a people and they don't want you. There are some people who force the people. inshaAllah, brothers, I'm going to lead you guys. No, we don't want you to lead us. No, I am. All of you be quiet. I'm going to lead you guys. There are some people who are like that. They force themselves on the people. And the people don't want you. They're struggling with your recitation. They don't want to hear your Quran. You're saying, brothers, I'll read a nice surah for you guys today. Don't read anything for us. Leave us alone. He still is persisting to lead the people. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Three types of people, Allah will not accept their prayer. Man hum lahu karihun. The one who goes forward and leads the people when they don't want you to lead them. The first one is the one who pleases the people and they don't want him. And the second one is the one who comes to the salah and it's already finished. And the third one is anyone who A man who freed his slave but didn't, doesn't want to tell his slave that he freed him. Anyways, this hadith is Daif Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and Ibn Umar generated it min Hadith Ibn Abbas. It's not Sahih, it's weak. But, anyways, the author took it from that hadith. He took it from that, from that hadith. Anyways, it's not allowed, shara'an, for you to lead the people when they don't want you. When you lead the people, pray salah. Brothers, you don't go hard and long on them, especially Salatul Maghribi, Salatul Isha. Isha, 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 Isha. Salatul Isha, you read short prayers, short surahs. The Prophet said to the Sahabi, Mu'ad ibn Jabalin, He said, Mu'ad, are you a troublemaker? Well, you're leading Isha, right? Where did Surah Al Shams go? Where, where did Surah Al Shams go? Read those surahs. Are we all together? And the reason is because people have work tomorrow. They want to go sleep early, and they want to. If they if they if they get the chance to go home early, they can spend time with their family. You shouldn't cause problems to the people. So you read very short prayers. Okay. Now some people might say, "How do I know that this, what I've read is not too long and not too short? Whatever the nususul in the Quran and the Sunnah has come regarding it is what's the benchmark. Okay. For example, Maghrib, the Prophet used to read so much, 60 verses were said. So this is the benchmark. 60 verses is a bit long for Maghrib. Yeah. The Prophet did it. This is not seen long. Like in Isha, the Prophet said to Mu'adh, do this. dhuhr for example, shorten it. People are at work. Asir, people are at work. Fajr, go long. Fajr, long. Are we all together brothers? Fajr is one of those salah you do long. Maghrib is one of those salah you can do long. If a hafiz comes to the house of a man the one who owns the house is the leader. No one is ever led in their own house. Okay? Based on the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said, The one who will lead the people in the Salah is the one who knows the Quran the most. If the people are the same in the Quran, the one who knows the Sunnah the most. If the, the two people are the same in the Sunnah, the one who migrated first. And if they're the same in their migration, the one who took Islam earlier. Walaya rajul. The Prophet said, Walaya rajula. A man cannot lead another man. Fi Sultani in his own house. ala ala takrimati No one is allowed to lead another person in their own house. You can be half of the memorized Bukhari and Muslim Abi Da'ud if you want. If you come to a person's house, he is the leader for you. You pray behind him. And if he gives you the permission, you can lead okay if a person does a mistake in the prayer the mistake goes back to the one who, the Imam who did the mistake in the first place it doesn't cause anything to the people who are praying behind him so if for example he's, there's something wrong with him he prayed the Salah and he finished the Salah and he said oh no brothers and sisters I didn't have wudu." Donkey, well, that's upon you. Pray again. All of us is fine. The Prophet said, You lakum. They're going to lead you in the salah. Where do we stand? We stand behind the Imam. And if it's only one person, he stands on the right side of the Imam. And brothers and sisters, this is a common mistake people do, they go behind the Imam slightly when it's just two of them. No, you both are leveled. Leveled. Sunnah is that you're leveled. Okay? If it's two of you. If it's um, if it's um, more than the person, then another person comes, both of them go behind. Another issue that I want you to mention is that who is the one who pushes the person back and taps them? Some of the scholars are very strict on that. They say the person who came shouldn't tap the person and say, come, come. فِيهَا nothing has come regarding that they said that the person who's the imam he's the one who pushes them back are you with me brothers in other words when the prophet ﷺ, the two companions they stood one on his right and one on his left he pushed them both to the side he pushed them behind so some of the imam, like shaykh al-bani and others mentioned that if you come to the salah and there's a person on the imams right the person other person stands on his left then it's the job of the imam to push them back we're all together. Like in, it's not something big. If the other person taps him, no problem. Okay? It's not a big issue. But this is the sunnah. Okay? This is better. nisai What about if a woman's leading women? She, it's the middle of the line. And this again, there's no hadith for this. It's just been authentically transmitted from Umm Salama and Aisha that they both did that. Like in, there's no hadith from the Prophet ﷺ. Okay? وَتُقَدَّمُ صُفُوفُ الرِّجَالِ ثُمَّ ثُمَّ How is the lines? The lines, brothers, is that the men come first. Based on the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, where he said, مِنْكُمُ الْأَحْلَامُ The people who are behind the imam are those who can read the Quran and who are Hufad, brothers. Like a person when the imam drops and he doesn't know where to carry on, he's like, huh, huh? in the salah. He doesn't even know how to read the salah. Or if he takes over he's gonna say well Allah, he can't read fatiha properly that type of person shouldn't stand right behind the imam this is a, this is a, it's a red zone go to the corners go to the corners this area is for the people when the imam falls he drops he does a mistake in the quran you correct him are we all together brothers and it's not fit for the people who are over there to have to scream at the imam and say they, 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 like yesterday, the imam did a mistake when he was reading Salah. And so many, I, I, how am I going to shout from there? Or the other person is going to shout from there? The Imam's going to get confused. How is he, he going to hear me? So all the people on the front row, what are they doing? Their job is to say, you've got it wrong. They have to correct them. Are we all together? So that f- line. The children, if they're going to run around and play, they're going to destroy the line. They should not be brought to the front row for sure. And even if they're brought to the saf, Sheikh Ibn Abbas gave the fatwa, that they, they should go to the sides, the two sides. If you want to teach them to come to the front row, take them to the corner where their wall is there with them, or one or two people is behind them, on the side, on the corner. Never bring your children to the, to the front like that, okay? The women are always at the back. And the sunnah of Islam was that the women and the men could pray in one place, that the women, there's no curtain, Islamically, there shouldn't have been curtains or buildings or other places. The women are right at the back and the men are in front. Are we all together brothers? <laughs> there was a sahabi, a noble companion that some of the riwayat mentioned. He loved to pray at the back. He loved the last line. Sahabi and And what he used to do was whenever he did sujood, he would look after, look under his armpits because that was the line of the who? It was the women. He used to, he used to do sujood. Ta'ala and he would look back. Sheikh Al I remember when he narrated that story in his Silsila Huda Wanur when he was asked, he was laughing a lot. So that's how it should have been. I can, of course, things have changed in time, people have changed. Um, so that's where the uh, evidence comes from. The best of the men's line is the front, and the worst of it is the last line. Because the last line is going gonna, gonna to be close to who? the women and the worst line of the women is the front fr- front line and the best of the line of the women is the back because the more uh, the more distance they are from each other the people who are praying together they have to straighten the lines people sometimes take this matter very lightly the Prophet ﷺ said in another hadith the Prophet ﷺ, he said you will straighten the lines and straighten the lines and straighten the lines or Allah will bring enmity between you guys SubhanAllah. just because we don't want to straighten the lines we are hating each other we have so much hate and enmity towards one another why? because we don't want to straighten the lines and some people when you, you try sometimes to get closer to them they push their legs away from you they don't want you to touch them and the correct way of the sunnah of the Sahabas and the way they understood these ahadiths were their legs touched and their shoulders touched. Okay, that's how the Sahabas understood it. And the fahim of the Sahabas have some weight in our eyes, right? When you come to the Salah, brothers, always, especially these big masajids here, it's always not recognized, but there is always space available on the sides. And some people just make another line and then people. They actually forget that brother there's space there so when you come always just make it your responsibility to check the front row if there's any space left because of the hadith of the prophet ﷺ where he said fama, fama kana min fi Like there shouldn't be in any way shape or form any gaps in the row in front if there's going to be gaps let it be the new gap that the new line that has been made okay the author alhamdulillah then says uh, he stops there. We'll stop there inshaAllah Ta'ala. We won't be able to do Sud sujood is- sujood is- sawi and we won't also be able to do Al al Fawait. We'll leave it there inshaAllah Ta'ala. Um, and this makes us insha'Allah ta'ala be able to finish a good chunk of as salah. Uh, anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and shaitan and Allah and his Messenger are free from it subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashadu wa la ilaha atubu six minutes I've got six minutes left I won't take questions everybody write this Inshallah, just write this down something important just write this down six minutes I have and I have to say so much things but anyways write this down um, what we learn in this dora ilmiya is knowledge ilm knowledge and brothers write this down the way to attain knowledge is two things the way to attain knowledge is what it's two things there's two ways to attain knowledge memorization understanding there are two ways to gain knowledge memorizing and and understanding what i'm now going to do inshallah is I'm going to mention all of the Islamic sciences. If you've got a phone, record it. Uh, before, I wanted to give you time to write it down. If not, just record it. And they can, you can, inshallah ta'ala, listen to your recording. Inshallah, this video will be spread out for everyone to see, inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to mention all of the sciences. And I'm going to go through all of the books for each science. What you need to understand from each science and what you need to memorize, Okay. I'm going to now start, so I'm going to say this book you need to memorize, and the rest you have to understand. Am I making sense, brothers and sisters? I hope this, inshaAllah, ta'ala, is understood. I repeat again, if you want to learn knowledge, there are two things that is needed from you. What are they? Hifdun wa fahmun. Memorization, and what? Understanding. Let's start with the, one of the most important sciences, and that is Arabic language. Arabic language, you start with al-ajrumiyah that's the first book a person studies I don't personally encourage a person to memorize it I just say study it and understand it properly the second book I say after that in Arabic grammar Arabic grammar is those are two books in Arabic grammar you understand them properly then I say to the person stop then go to another science called sarf, morphology. The book I tell them to study in morphology is La'Miyatul afal by Ibn Malik. La afal I, I say to the person, study that book. Understand it properly. Then I tell them to go back to grammar again. And the kitab I tell them to do in grammar is Qatrul Neda wa al-Sada by Ibn Hisham al-Ansari. The reason why I told them to go to sarf then back to grammar again is because in the kitab qatrun nada wa ballu sada there are masail nahawiyyah and sarfiyyah in there. There are sarf and Nahu in there. Then I say to the person, go for al ibn malik al a thousand lines in Arabic, grammar and morphology. Sarf. It's a thousand lines. I encourage the person to memorize this because it's the summary of grammar. It's a thousand lines. In two months, you can finish it if you memorize 16 lines every day. Two months, you can finish it. I've finished Arabic grammar and morphology. So, I've, t- I've told you two sciences here Nahu and Sarf. Now, I'm going to move on to another science, which is Al Aqeedah. Okay? But the way I'm saying all of this, brothers, is not in importance. I'm just saying whatever comes to mind, okay? Al Aqeedah. Brothers, I'm going to divide Aqeedah and tawhid separately. Aqidah and Tawheedah, I'm going to make it separately. Aqidah is three books. Al-Wasitiyah, sorry, four books. Aqidah is Al-Wasitiyah, Al-Hamawiyah, Al-Tadmuriyah, and Al-Tahawiyah. Those four books, in those in that order. Al-Wasitiyah by Ibn Taymiyah, Al-Hamawiyah by Ibn Taymiyah, Al-Tadmuriyah by Ibn Taymiyah, and Al-Tahawiyah by the imam Al-Tahawiyah. Please listen to this all of those books you do not memorize them you understand them what do you do? you understand them and then I encourage one book that you memorize from all of this is sulamul al ila al by hafid al-Hakami rahimahullah in Aqidah it's about 200 and something lines the kitab Aqidah al you take the sharah written by Ibn Abi al-Izz al-Hanafi and you make that sharah, the explanation you go to in any issues related to Aqeedah that's Aqeedah finished inshaAllah now I'm going to go to tawheed tawheed, tawheed tawheed you do in this order don't change it don't alter it by Shaykh Islam then you do Al-Qawaid al arbaah and then you do kashf shubuhat and then you do kitabu al as you can see in my in the four books i mentioned nawaqid islam is not in there and qawaid al-arba'a doesn't go before thalathatul usul these are the four best thalathatul usul al-qawaid al-arba'a kashf al-shubuhat al-kitab al-tawhid Kitab al-Tawheed you read the number, number first one sharah you read for Kitab al-Tawheed when you're studying it is Al-Mufid by Sheikh Ibn Al-Uthaymin once you finish it it will open your mind then you take the Fathul Majid by Abdul rahman Ibn Hassan Ibn Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab sharah and you do i'tikaf on that one you, your whole life you spend on that one Fathul Majid which is a sharah of Kitab al-Tawheed if you brothers take Fathul Majid and the sharah of Ibn Abdul Izz al-Hanafi for Aqid both of those your tawheed and your aqidah is solid. Now I'm going to move on to the next science. Next science. Ilm al fara'id inheritance. Ilm al I say, it suffices you if you memorize and you understand the Kitab al-Rahabiyyah. This, don't go anywhere else. Just understand the Kitab al-Rahabiyyah, study it, learn it, and memorize it. Are we all together brothers? Now we move on to the next science which is Seerah um, of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In the Seerah, four books The first kitab is Urjuzatul Mi'iyya fi dhikri hali ashrafil by Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi The second kitab is Rawdatul um, Anwar fi seerah al al by Sheikh Safi al-Rahman al summarized The third book is Al-Fusul fi seerah al-Rasul by Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala and the last one which you memorize is the Alfiyya by Al Iraqi. Al Iraqi has Alfiyya in the seerah of the Prophet a thousand lines in the Prophet's life. You memorize that. I finished the seerah now. I'm now going to move on to which other subject? Fiqh. Okay. The fiqh, I'm only going to mention two because these are the two prominent fiqh madhabs that are in front of me right now. I'm guessing, Shafi'iyah and the hanafiyah Okay? And I'm also going to mention another, three, third one, which is la madhabiyah, those who don't follow a madhab at all. Okay? If you don't follow a madhab, I say to you, this kitab that I just taught today, Shoukanis kitab, you memorize the nazm, sorry, the matan of it. The kitab, if you don't follow any madhab, Muhammad Ali Shoukani's Kitab, Ad Dura al Bahia, you memorize it, this whole book. You memorize it all. Okay, brothers, pay attention to this. Fiqh, you memorize, you don't follow Madhab. Shoukani's Dura al bahiyah memorize it all. Are we all together? The whole matin, you memorize. It. If, and you study that one and you memorize that one, best, leave it there. If you are a, a Shafi'i, you do Matna Abi shuja. If you're a Shafi'i, you do Matna Abi Shujah. If you finish Matna Abi Shujah, you go for Yaqutun Nafis. Once you've done that, you do Az-Zubal ibn raslan Once you do that, you Umdudu Salik wa nasik by Ibn al-Nakib al-Masri. Once you do that, you go to Minhaj by Imam al nawi. You memorize the Minhaj by Imam al-Nawwi rahimahullah ta'ala. Khalas. I'm going to go a bit fast, okay? If you are a Hanbali, let's even give the Hanabila some credit. If you follow Hanbali Madhab, I will say start with the kitab Akhsar al-Muqtasarat. Once you do the Akhsar al-Muqtasarat, go for the Umdah. Once you do the Umdah, then don't waste too much time. Go for the Zad al Memorize the Zad properly. Memorize the matn of the Zad. Good. If you're a Hanafi, two kitabs I'll just encourage you to do it. Time is not on your side to memorize everything and study all of this knowledge. Go for the Muhtasir al-Quduri as a starter book, and then second one is Do the Hidayah by Al-Marghinani. Those two are good for you as a Hanafi. You memorize the Hidayah by Al-Marghinani as a Hanafi. We finished those. Let's go to now the uh, Fiqh we finished. Let's go to Hadith. Hadith you memorize. 40 al Ibn Al-Imam al with the Ziyadat al-Rajabiyyah 50 50 you memorize it you then memorize after that Umdat al-Hikam you memorize Umdat al-Hikam then you memorize Riyad as-Salihin then you go back to Bulugh al-Maram and then you go for Al-Lu'lu' wal-Marjan fi mattafaqa alayhi shaykhah the hadith you memorize them all you don't miss any of those books so you memorize Arba'una al-Nawiya ma'a ziyadat al-Rajabiyya You memorize Umdatul al-Ahkam You memorize Riyadh al-Salihin You memorize Balugh al-Maram and you memorize Al-Lu'lu al-Marjan If you memorize Bulugul maram and the Zad al mustaqniya Or you memorize Bulugul maram and you memorize the Durarul al-Bahiyya Or you memorize Bulugul maram and Minhajba al-Imam al Nawi. Or you memorize Bulugul maram and the Hidayah of al mirginani Whichever book and text you memorize and Bulugh al-Maram, you are fiqh of that madhab. You have the delil in Bulugh al-Maram and you have the matan of the fiqh either Durr al-Bahiyya um, or the Minhaj by Imam or the Hidayah by Al-Marghinani or the Zad al-Mustaqna Riyad al You will never ever need to prepare a lecture or a khutbah to Jum'ah. All of the fada'ilul a'mal, heart softening that the Prophet ever said, is all in Riyadhul Salihin. I promise you, for the last 10, 15, 20 years, khutbah that you heard, that hadiths were taken from al Salihin. Very powerful book. Are we all together, brothers? Hey, yeah, I've said hadith. Mustalahul hadith. al Mustalah hadith. You do al-bayquniyya Bayquniyya Bayquniyya is an appetizer It's just an introduction Halas It's nothing big You go for Nukbatul Fikr Fi mustalahi ahli al-athar By Ibn Hajar Then you go for The ikhtisar ulumul hadith By Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah ta'ala Ikhtisar ulumul hadith Once you do the Ikhtisar ulumul hadith You don't waste much time You go for al Iraqi And then once you go for The al Iraqi You depend fully On the Fathul Mughith By Shamsuddin al sakhawi Rahimahullah On al Iraqi you are grounded in Mustalahul al-hadith Let's go to Usulul al-fiqh now No, you don't memorize them all You only memorize al al-iraqi Now we're going to go to Usulul al- al-fiqh usul al-fiqh You do al-warakat By Abi Ma'ali al Second kitab you do is ma- You do the ma- Ma'aqid al Fusul. The third kitab that you do is Rawdhat al wa jannat munadir the fourth book you do after that is Are we all together, brothers? You do that and you memorize that one. It's a thousand lines. 16 per day, two months you finish it. What subject is left now? Balagha. Balagha, Arabic rhetoric, two books. You go for the kitab. Al-Jawhar al-Maknoon by Abdul Rahman al-Akhdari. Al-Akhdari. al And last but not least, a thousand lines, which is Al-Uqud al-Jumman by Jaladdin al-Suyuti. A thousand lines, you memorize that one. What else? Yeah? Adab. Adab al-Luga. Ama adab. Manners. Etiquettes. Two books I encourage you for. Uh, three books I encourage you for adab. The first kitab is Hilyatul Talib Al-Ilm by Bakra Abu Zayd. You finish that one? You go for the kitab Manzoomatu um, Abu Zhaq Al-Ilbiri. Have you finished that one? You go for the kitab Manzoomatu Al-Adab Ibn Abdul Qawi Al-Mardawi. And you memorize that one. It's 200 and something lines. Manzoomatu Al-Adab by Ibn Abdul Qawi Al-Mardawi. Manners and etiquettes. Now let's go for Arabic literature. Arabic literature. What do you do in Arabic literature? I will encourage you to do four books. The first book that you do in Arabic literature is Banat Su'ad. Banat Su'ad of Qalbir Yoma Matbolun, Mutayyimun Afithra Halami of the Makbolun. You memorize that one. The second book that you do in Arabic literature is La Amiratul Arab by Shanfara. Aqimu bani Sudura Matayyukum Fa'ini Ila Komisiwa Kum You memorize that one. The third book that you do in Arabic literature is Maqamatul Hariri. Now you memorize that one if you can. If you can. It's too hard, but if you can. Last but not least, Arabic literature, you go for Mu'allaqat al ashara The 10 Arab pre-Islamic poets, Imru Qais, Zuhair ibn Abi Sulma, Antara ibn Shaddad, all of them. 10. If you can memorize it, Fani Immahi. What a great thing you've achieved. Arabic literature, I said it. What else? Tafseer. Jazakallah. Usul al-Tafseer. You go for the two books I will encourage you to do Usul al-Tafseer. Okay, Two books. The first book I will encourage you to do in. No, one book in Usul al Tafsir. And that is Muqaddimat Fu ف... ف... Usul al Tafsir by Shaykh Al islam ibn Taymiyyah. Again, you study it. You don't memorize it. Just study it. Then the next book I say, which is Ulum al Quran, is two books. The first one is the Kitab uh, Al nuqaya by Jalaluddin al Suyuti. And then his Itqan. Are we all together? His kitab called Nuqayah And then you go for his kitab Which is Al-Itqan What book do you memorize in Ulum Al-Qur'an? The book that you memorize in Ulum Al-Qur'an Is the Manzoomatu Zamzami Zamzami is Nazm of the Nuqayah You memorize that one Whatever Tafsir quran Tafseer quran is big Like in the kitab I encourage you to study first Is tafsir Ahmad Nasir Sa'di once you do Tafsir al-Nasir al-Saudi, you go for the next kitab in Tafsir, which is Tafsir al-Jalalain uh, by jalaluddin al-Suyuti and jalaluddin al-Mahali. The third kitab I encourage you to look at after that is Ma'alim al-Tanzil by Bhagawi. The third kitab after that is Tafsir al-Kathir. And the fifth book I then encourage you to look at is Tafsir al-Jarir al-Tabari. Five Tafsir books in that order. Tajweed. Hey, yeah. Tajweed you do Tuffatu al-Atfali. Then you do Mandumatul Jazariya. Mandumatul Al Jazariya. Those two. al Atfal and Mandumatul Jazariya. Qawaid Al Fiqiya. You do Abdurman Nasir Siddi. You do Ahman Nasir Siddi. Qawaid Al Fiqiya. The second kitab that you do is the Mandumah of Al allama Muhammad Al Amin, Muhammad Al Musaleh Al Uthaymin. That's two. The third one, which is the last one, which is you, the one you memorize, Al Fara'id Al Bahiya. Which is the Nadma of Al Ashbahu Al Nadair by Suyuti. Al Ahdal made it. Al-Fara'id al-Bahiyya You memorize that one It's in Qawa'id al Tariq Islamic History If you want to read Tariq al-Islamiyya I encourage you to read two books in Tariq Al-Bida'ya wa-Niha'ya And you read the Tariq by Ibn Jarir al-Tabari Mutala'atan Tariq, you just do Mutala'a of it You read it Only Tariq can be read by someone whose Arabic is good Who studied all these sciences Can now go to this and enjoy it the same with tafsir. you cannot go to tafsir if you haven't studied all of that which I mentioned Al-Qiraat hey? I only encourage one book Hirzul Amani Wa tahani Fi Al-Qiraat So sorry two books Hirzul Amani is by Al-Allama Abu Al-Qasim al shatibi Rahimahullah it's seven Qiraat and then you do the Durrah by Ibn Al-Jazari Rahimahullah where he finished off it which he added the next three so he made it ten those two, you memorize it. You memorize both of them. Yeah? Dua and Adhkar, I encourage two books. Two books in Dua. The first kitab is the Kitab Hisnul al-Muslim by Saeed ibn Al Qahtani, Fortress of the Muslim. Second book I encourage is the Kitab al-Adhkar by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Those two I encourage. And as a side one that you should read and go over it many times is Al-Wabulu Sayyid by Ibn al-Qayyim. The Kitab Al-Adhkar by Ibn Taymiyyah. I will encourage you to buy um, the author of the Kitab Umdat Al-Qari. Badruddin al aini has a sharah on the Kitab Al-Adhkar by Imam uh, Shaykh al sam Ibn Taymiyyah. Read that one. It's very beneficial. Ilm, ilmul Ilal, the hidden defect in hadith. I will encourage you to do two books. This is a Kitab written by a man who's mu'asir. He wrote it today, right now. It's called al Ilal Wa Qara'inu Tarjih. Okay? Al-Zurqani, his name is called, I think, and the next book is Sharh al-Ilal al-Tirbidi by Ibn Rajab al-Hambali. Those two is enough, and if you then want to go more into it, then go to al-Ilal al-Warida by, by Ad-Daraqutni, rahimahullah. The Tarajim Sir al definitely read Sir al nubala at least once in your life. Al-Rijal depends, but I first start with Sahihin, Bukhari and Muslim, and Kutub al-Sitta in general. Go for the Tahdid by Tahdid al-Kamal by Abu Al-Hajjaj Al-Mizi Rahimahullah Tazkietu Tazkietu nafs All of the books of Ibn Al-Qayyim Al-Jawzi Buy them Addawah Madariju Al-Salikin Name them all Risalat Ibn Al-Qayyim Al-Baad Ikhwanihi Whatever books Ibn Al-Qayyim wrote Buy them Mamelu Ibn Al-Qayyim Ibn Al-Qayyim And Ibn Rajab's works your heart will be filled with that. Uh, yeah.
2: Huh? Arabic language. So
0: all of those books I mentioned, before you go to the Arabic language, I generally will encourage you to personally do two books. I find them to be very beneficial for people who can't even go to Ajurumia, And that is, number one, do the Al-Medina books. They're very, ben- very good for conversation. And also with that is an al Those two. Al-Nahwa and uh, what's it called? Al-Medina Books is very good, inshaAllah. Way before Ijrumi. I mentioned it. I mentioned Sarf, Nahu. and I mentioned four, right? I mentioned Nahu, Sarf, Adab and Balaga. Huh? and there's one science i left from the arabic language al-urood wal-qawafi poetry and understanding how the poetry is run is a kitab called al-kafi fi al wal-qawafi ama al-kafi fi ilmi al wal-qawafi na'am i think i finished everything and after, after all of that brothers way way before you study all of those books beg allah to open your heart and mind to understand it none of that will go in if allah doesn't give it to you are we all together brothers Allah said to Nabi Muhammad زِدْنِي عِلْمًا Oh Allah, increase me in knowledge. You won't learn if Allah doesn't want you to learn. That's what Allah said about Sulaiman and Dawood: وَفَهَمْنَا آتِينَا وَعِلْمًا We made Sulaiman understand. We made Sulaiman understand. It's Allah who gives this to whoever he wishes. You can read all of the books of the world. You can memorize everything. If Allah wants you not to understand, you cannot understand it. So you submit yourself to Allah and you humiliate yourself to Him and you beg Him, and then Allah will open it for you. Ibn Taymiyyah, it was said to him, he used to go on the earth and scuffle on the earth, and he would say, "Ya Muallima Dawood, alimni wa Ya Sulaiman, The one who taught Dawood teach me, and the one who, uh, Ya Muallima Dawood, alimni, the one who taught Dawood teach me, and the one who made Sulaiman understand, make me understand. Okay. And I also wanted to conclude by saying I was honored to be teaching you these last couple of days. I learned as well as much as you guys did or even more. So I was honored. And may Allah wa ta'ala reward Kalima for putting this together and allowing us to study this knowledge. And may Allah reward those who are behind this organization and this structuring and this planning out. And uh, may Allah wa ta'ala reward the Imam uh, of this masjid who amazed us with his recitation and his reading. And also may Allah reward subhanahu wa ta'ala the uh, people who were behind all of this. Also I wanted to say to anyone if I was rude and I ran out and I didn't answer your question, I ignored your question, I walked by you, then I will do that a lot to you. I'm sorry. I ask for forgiveness insha'Allah. May Allah reward you all. I hope I've answered a lot of questions that you guys had today in this what should we study or not. Uh, and barakAllahu fiqum.